it started. It started already. In true form. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of Raptors in the Kitchen. It is Hogmanay 2019. <laughs> uh, I am Paco Rodriguez. I'm joined by Neil McCulloch. Evening. And Tommy Vass. Evening. He's on his phone. What's so, what's so important on your phone? Because uh, we haven't done an episode in a while, I was just kind of trying to familiarise myself with certain things I've seen. I think the last episode we did was the Joker episode. And I'm like, what have I seen since then? Let, let's be brutally honest, we'll probably talk about it all for about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, okay, after I decided to take a break from the podcast because I was forcing myself to go watch films, I ended up watching loads of films. Oh, that's very uh, We've got months and months of them to kind of talk about now, I guess. Well, I'm trying to think, when was Joker out? Uh, that must have been at least two months ago, if not more. Uh, yes, October seemed right for that. Yeah. But since then, we've had like Knives Out, Star oh, Wars, Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker. Um, which. I mean, I guess that's still new enough that people might want to hear about that. Rise of Skywalker is only like, what, a week and a half? Two weeks old? Two weeks. Mm. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. So we all saw it. You guys. Oh, we died in the Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Like, uh, you guys, I think, enjoyed it more than I did. Which is to say that I think it was fucking terrible. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy is a very relative term, in in connection to Rise of Skywalker, because look, I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. Did you? Yeah. Well, I, I was, like actually, they okay into that. I, 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 I was entertained. Yeah. But I was well aware that I will never watch it again. It was kind of shit in almost every regard except visuals, mm. and it was still better than Last Jedi, which is the benchmark for I think the worst Star Wars film, including See, the people. I, I watched the Last Jedi again the day before going to watch Rise of Skywalker, and I I liked a lot of that film. Mm. There's just massive segments of it which I think are horrendous. Like between when it starts and when it ends. If you took out the Canto Bite storyline of that, there would be a perfectly good. Which is the casino planet. That's the casino planet, yeah. There would be a perfectly good, almost military story to that film. Because it's all. Because the whole point of that film is about, well, for me, is of, of certainly of the rebel section of it, is about Poe Dameron learning about how command actually works and how it's not about how it's not just about going all gung ho you have to think about the broader spectrum of it okay but i mean if that's what it was about then how they didn't there was no payoff for that in rise of skywalker well, no, because, this, like, is, this is something which i thought was a problem with rise of skywalker but a lot of the kind of lessons i think the characters learn in the last jedi don't get paid off okay i guess it's should say as well Obviously, we're not going to be talking about spoilers for Rise of Skywalker because it is only two weeks old. And we just started. The internet's already started yeah. leaking. What, what is our um, leaking spoiler? I mean, I, I guess so. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Everybody knows the Emperor's back. It's essentially just... the first three minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like, who was it? Somebody... Fortnite, I think it may have been Rich Evans from a Red Letter Media who described it as... Like essentially just two and a half hours of five second veins stitched together 
and it is very much that like none of yeah. it none of it feels like it actually follows on from what came before it it's all just random shit it's like they just felt the need to cram as many places in different yeah. fucking scenes and themes well that that's one of my kind of issues with Rise of Skywalker as a film in terms of the way it's made is it see the first hour of that film it rattles on at a fair pace mm-hmm. it gives nothing time to breathe yeah I think that's um, the problem with and then you get to the point where they think they've killed Chewie. Mm. Spoilers. Let me say we're only going to put in this. Right, okay. <coughs> they don't kill Chewie. They don't kill Chewie. That's probably more also, of a spoiler. Also spoilers. <laughs> um, Chewie's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of, the pace kind of takes a bit of a dip. And it's, it feels like, oh fuck, We've got to get this done. Boom! Hit that wall. Right. Okay. We can slow down now. And it just it, it's so imbalanced uh, because of that. I've heard people say like it felt like three movies crammed into one. In fact, I think you may have said that actually, Tom. I I think my initial thoughts were when you were like, I mean, I I I kind of tried to prepare you for this. <coughs> I know you, you at first you weren't wanting to watch it because you were done with Star Wars. Then your brother and you were like, I will. We're gonna go watch it. And at the I, IMAX. Yeah, at the IMAX. You're gonna pay money for paid. <laughs> no, I paid for it. I got it for his Christmas. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I my description of it was, it's like a Fast and the Furious movie, but in but Star Wars. I think that does a disservice to Fast and the but, Furious. But but what I mean by that is, just what Neil was saying. It rattles at such a page that when they decide to explain things, they will use an off the cuff sentence, which, in Star Wars terms, force bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> When you need to explain something, says, "Oh, it's just force bollocks." It's, it's, it's force. I don't think they even do that. Though. Like they don't really use uh, the force cards. They just fucking. Well, they they kind of do. Oh, they, the no, dark side thing at the start. They there's, do. There's, yeah. there's a new force powers, mm-hmm. but how do they do it? Oh, it's force bollocks. But to be fair, but what I think that Rise of Skywalker, one of its one of the main kind of issues for me with it. Well, I suppose it wasn't really an issue for me, but I could see being an issue for a lot of people is. It expects you to be fully involved in the Star Wars multimedia franchise, mm-hmm. right? And that there's a, there's a it, like they want you to have played Fortnite. Yeah, like there's a yeah. thing that that's in the opening crawl, which you you only know if you played Fortnite. Right. Uh, the the stuff with Kylo Ren in the first five minutes where he's fighting all these guys on the planet. Oh yeah. yeah. Unless you've read the comic book, which kind of precedes that. Don't know what the fuck's going on there. At the same time, nobody <clears throat> really fucking cares. Like they tell yeah, you like, that he's like hunting for the wee device. Yeah, to get they, into... they give you enough, but they don't give you the depth of what's actually happening. Like I feel like rather than three movies crammed together, though, this feels like watching the trailer for every individual episode of a TV show and nothing else. All right. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean it's like rather oh, like, than like, rather than a full episode of a TV show, uh, all you're getting is just like the next week on, but it's just twenty of those. And then it's or done. The, the previously on in the yeah. last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, it feels like it should have been yeah, an entire okay. an entire season of a TV show. Yeah. That like, also wouldn't have made any sense or been good. <laughs> but I, but I read the thing about with the writers. Uh, was his name Tom O'Gero or something? Um, is it not Chris Terrio and Chris Terrio? That sort of thing. Uh, where they were saying they originally wanted to do two. They wanted like to split part it. one part two. Yeah. Like, I did know, like, uh, Colin Trevorrow was down to direct this originally, but then got fucking canned. Mm. But his name came up to do with the story. There hasn't end. been enough in the story. Which yeah. is, so he'll have, like, a story by our producer yeah. credit yeah. or something. Which, but yeah, con- he continues to now be, like, <clears throat> one of my least favourite directors ever. Yeah, I agree. I, I know. That's, that's a fair 
He's pretty bad. Yeah, Jurassic World son, forget him. Yeah, and then um, like he's got a hand in this now. Whoever that, that hand is. Year? No, Ju- no, Jurassic like World, last, Jurassic year. World Two, I think was <clears> last year. Kingdom. Yeah, because I remember that like made my like yeah, that was one of the worst films of the year. Fallen Kingdom, sorry. But yeah, like with um, well, no, Fallen Kingdom. That was the same year as Fuck the Predator, mm-hmm. Ready Player One last year, <clears> and Elite a Battle Angel. That was a bad year. Fuck me. Speaking of <laughs> Elite but, Battle Angel, because uh, we obviously had an episode titled that. Yeah. Uh, somebody on SoundCloud has obviously like just searched for that term and sent us a message going, I see you guys are a fan of Elite Battle Angel. I too am a fan of Elite Battle Angel and made a song about it. Check it out. It's like, man, you, uh, did you, check out the song? you did not listen to that episode because oh, <laughs> we were not fucking kind to yeah. it at all. I still haven't seen it. Um, it's not worth watching. No, nah. I, I, I didn't think it would be. Um, yeah, but uh, one of the things I think with Rise of Skywalker, Chris Terrio and Abrams, are already defending it because a lot of folk are saying it it tries to un it tries to almost forget that Last Jedi exists because yeah. there's a lot of things that they don't follow on for it or go in say a different direction or they purposely poke fun at yeah <clears throat> that's true I, I never really got that impression from it I got it more of it's a alright okay Last Jedi happened we're just not going to talk about there's it there's literally think, a part where we goes to throw something yeah. into a fire. She throws her lightsaber. And then somebody, not her lightsaber, somebody else's lightsaber. Oh, and then yeah, that person yeah, catches it, yeah. which is in direct contradiction <clears throat> of what happened in the previous movie. Yeah. And then the line that he says as well was a total jab but in Last Jedi. To, to be fair, in, in The Last Jedi, at that point, that, I wonder that, who gentleman, could be that about. gentleman had not learned his lesson about how failure is a great part of becoming a Jedi. Again, though, that is... well. Let, I'm going to say a sentence, and that's going to fix this. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's the whole movie. Uh, that and that is the, and movie. That is the film. It's, it's like, like, yeah, like there's so many points in it where like something really fucking ridiculous happens. Like not even satisfyingly ridiculous, but just nonsensical. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, but it works because we had one sentence earlier that explains it. Yeah. It's like, no man, that like just because you highlighted how shit something is doesn't mean you fixed its shittiness. Yeah, yeah. but again, that's a lot of <laughs> the Fast and the Furious movies when. Explaining, you know, Man, the lack of physics and like, time I, and the plan and just how cars, was, how cars and bodies work. I don't know, man. Like, I think you're giving that I, less credit than it's due. No, I'll tell you what it is, like, right? Fast and Furious franchise knows what it is. The problem with Star Wars is it, like, because it was J.J. Abrams and then Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams. Say, say what you want about Lucas and the prequels. That was one person spearheading a consistently bad, but overall kind of story that tried to explore an arc. With Rise of Skywalker, Kylo Ren's arc is all over the fucking yeah, place. Yeah. Rey's is all over the place. I Poe Dameron is useless yeah, as his Finn. So you're, Finn. You're just like, yeah. there, there's no yeah. real purpose to the these characters though, like, anymore. See, the, the thing is, I still like Poe, Finn and Rey. I think they're all good characters. Mm-hmm. But just, those movies are just fucking awful like they're so I bad think, all of them are so bad and like this one has like a lot of the same problems that Force Awakens does for me where just the writing is like so contrived there's a lot of really poor like, certainly Finn has a very very large amount of bad one liners yeah like what you would consider like the cool guy comeback kind of mm-hmm. lines it's like that it's... yeah but it could have been worse they could have hired Joss we didn't do that I mean, he would have probably done a better job at it, though, because all they're I doing in these probably, things is trying to rip Everyone's a smart. It probably would have looked very much the same, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had 10 years of Marvel <laughs> yeah. copying them, and that's now what, just what mainstream films are. 
Oh, it's, it, again, though, I, I'm kind of shitting on it, but I was entertained by it. I do yeah, not it was, watch it again. It guff, but but I, I, I don't have... I, I, like, I, I didn't hate it in the way that I hated The Last Jedi. I just felt nothing for the entirety yeah. of the movie. I think it was... I, like, it was it was kind of entertaining in a, my God, did that just happen? This is fucking ridiculous way, but not like in a, at any point that it feel good to be watching it. It kind of s- cemented for me, right, this is just where Star Wars is now. And but then you got Mandalorian. No, but I mean in terms of movies, and I'm kind of glad that it's finishing... Because the Mandalorian has proven that in the hands of somebody who kind of understands, uh, I, I think you said it, Paco. Star Wars seems better suited for TV. You said you said the TV shows are really good, Neil. You've seen a lot more of the animated. I was like, yeah, the animated stuff's really good. And I'm like, yeah, because you've got time to explore other. You know, you got time to explore characters. And I still uh, think like you, you no, think because no, like I'll throw Rogue One at you as being. I think a very good film. Rogue, Rogue One is like the Rogue best one, one a, out of the recent ones, I think. Yeah. I would agree but, with that. But I think the reason is because Rogue One is a self-contained well, story. See, that, that's what I would kind of offer as my kind of... It also... Of it is when it's not mainline. I but like, I but the Rogue, Rogue One I think also good. suffers from like that really kind of just ham-fisted storytelling as well, though, where it's like every single one of the characters... We know it's a suicide mission. They like say it from the get-go. And every one of the characters has a moment then they die. And it's like, it almost feels like now in the Blues Brothers, when they finally fucking reach the destination and the Blues Wheel just falls apart. And like, that's part of the gag is like, they were done with the car and like, God was holding it together and it's just fucking destroyed because they don't need it anymore. Like, Rogue One was just kind of like that. It was just like, everybody just had their fucking tiny shitty part to play then just fucking... that's that's very much how a lot of that, those style of films play out. Because if you think of Rogue, Rogue One... The equivalent to that would be like your old kind of World War Two films, mm-hmm. and all but, those kind of films have got when it's like that kind of a team, like the Dirty Dozen. But like at least a prime example of that. Like I haven't seen Dirty Dozen, but I would guess that even in that movie, like as old as that is, what was that like the sixties or seventies? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was probably one or two people in the crew that didn't actually manage to do what they were supposed to do, right? Like they were, there was failure from a few of the team. They kind of yeah, added right, stress okay, and stuff. Yeah. Whereas like Rogue One, every single one of them has like one fucking purpose and they all manage yeah. it then die immediately afterwards. In just a way that was like... In retrospect, Convenient. not great. Yeah, Meg contrived is what I would right, say. Okay. And like, said before as well, Star Wars is like it. Star, Star Wars is kind of one franchise yeah. that kind of gets away with it because of the force. Yeah. It's like your catch-all for that sort of bullshit. But like these newer films, I just feel are really badly written for like stuff that kind of costs millions and makes millions like I've, I've said this countless times before man like all these things there's no excuse for poor writing mm. uh, or storytelling in these like they should all be completely fucking top of the line when it comes to this stuff it should be the best writers in the fucking world mm. writing the best stories for you know for the general public and they're not they're just they're never that and they should be imagine maybe Ryan what? Johnson Colin Trevorrow and J.J. Abrams should not be allowed near a fucking script I direct, direct the movie by all means. Yeah. Fucking the, the rubbish. Brick, Brick. Brick. is a well written movie. Looper's really good. Did, and Knives did Out Ryan, as well. Did Ryan Johnson write those movies? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's written and directed by Ryan. I, Johnson. Like I constantly forget that. Like 
Break is it? I think is that is not adapt, ad- great. Is yeah. that not an adaptation of a graphic novel, or did the graphic novel come after it? I have no idea, but that movie's brilliant. But yeah, that's really good. Looper's good, and Knives Out is Looper's actually, all right. Knives Out is a really I, good. I agree with you. Know, the Looper is all right. Aye, like Looper, like is, I really good, I, yeah. Looper's good to watch at the time, but the more you think about it, the less sense it makes, and kind of for me, that's makes it less enjoyable. I really enjoyed um, it, man. And again, as like I haven't seen Knives Out. Yeah, Knives Out is very good. Yeah. I have meant to, but every time I kind of finish working into Cineworld, it just wasn't on anywhere close to when I was If you're going to watch it, though, or if you're going to watch anything, I would go watch that soon because it'll be, it'll be gone probably in the next couple of weeks because, like, 1917 will be out. Um, Which looks excellent. That's an IMAX effort for Also, me, did you guys see the... I mean, I know you watched the trailer for the new uh, Nolan movie. Is it Tenet? Tenet. Okay. Uh, but did you... Like, the, the, the regular trailer... Is like an actual trailer, but it's like different parts from the whole movie, right? Uh, there's a specific IMAX trailer. Yeah, the IMAX yeah. trailer. It's dead intricate for a biopic about David Tennant. <laughs> the the um, IMAX trailer for it is fucking excellent, by the way. Oh, well, like, yeah, I, you would have seen it, yeah. I had no idea what it was at first. And like, I thought it was a Russian movie that like somehow managed to get like a kind of Western release. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Denzel Washington's son pretty... Not, not in this thing. Oh, like, right, okay. It's like, it starts off, it's just a... There's some kind of event at like a auditorium. Like I don't know if it's a gig or whatever. I don't really remember this. No, it's like there's classical music playing. It's like an orchestra, right? Of course. And uh, you see like Russian officials sitting in like one of the kind of box seats, like above the the stadium. And uh, immediately screams sophisticated picture. But it's, it's just, <laughs> it, honestly, it's really cool. It's like it goes from that like to Americans outside in a van, like very more modern warfare two vibes at like the okay. no Russian level, yeah. where like they're talking about like you remember we need to blend in and stuff like that, and like yeah. from there it goes into this like really fucking amazingly well directed action sequence of them infiltrating a Russian bomb squad who are being called to the site, but like they're there to extract a spy who's been is a uh, cover's been compromised, right. whilst Russian officials are there. But, like, there's also a third party who are trying to kill the audience. And, like, the whole thing was tense as fuck, and I had no idea what it was until it came up with Tenant on the the screen. It was like, man, like, I didn't really care too much about it beforehand. And, like, now that is, like, one of my most anticipated films the next year. So is it just Mission Impossible, but with ghosts? No, it's got David Tennant, told you. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, because at one point in the trailer he goes, welcome to the afterlife, and you're like, is that a cool code name for whatever, or is, like, this, is this actually actually like an extra dimensional kind of thing? There's like some there's some kind of time travel element to it, like a, like a reverse in time effort. Like somebody gets shot, and then you see the bullet hole kind of go in reverse mm-hmm. from it, and then like, there's, a bit, there's, a, there's a bit where Patterson goes, "Oh, what happened here?" And it's he's on one side of glass, Washington's on the other side of glass, and he puts his fingers along the bullet holes and says, "I don't know, it's not happened yet." And as he walks away, it starts to happen. That's cool. Okay, hopefully he manages that better than Inception, which I think was like a good premise, but like it didn't really like push the kind of crazy aspect of it as much as it. I thought Inception was again great. No, it's it's good, but do you not think it's like mega, mega reserved compared to what could have been? Inception was like a breath of fresh air, especially compared to Paprika, which is based on. Well, see, I kind of influenced by Inception first. Yeah. So. Not based on influence, but yeah. So the public, so Paprika wouldn't really influence my thoughts on it. And uh, I love Inception. It's, it's good. It is film. a good movie. Like I'm not denying that at all. But it's just like I've had, I, I think really it's way more grounded think, than it should. Well, be. no. See, I think that works in its favor that it's grounded 
uh, if it was a if it was more wacky, it'd be like, all right, okay, it's yeah, a every sci-fi t- action movie. Every time I watch that film, I kind of try to I I look at it, I'm like try to find a fault in it, and it's so tight. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm really looking for weird. you know flaws in the logic, but now yeah. it explains itself. And carries itself. Yeah, everyone knows that the further layers of sleep you go under, like time dilutes even more. Tommy, it's science. Right. <laughs> in that, yeah, in that in that world, yeah, it's Same got, it's got no, a suitcases, but it puts it to sleep. It's got like a lot of fun things in it. Like I like like the idea that they incorporated that like feeling of when you're falling in your sleep and something that's pivotal to the movie. Right, okay. so cool. there's, there's so many amazing touches in it though, from a production standpoint. Mm. Like even like the sound design is fantastic. Yeah. Like the whole thing of like everybody knows uh, the big wah yeah, yeah. slowed down the... is just the slowed down because they're What the fuck is that song called? Uh, no, no Regret Rianne mm-hmm. uh, by Edith Piaf aka Fabienne Rose aka Marion Cotillard aka what? <laughs> Marion Cotillard <laughs> played uh, that singer in a film called Fabienne <coughs> Rose which was a nice kind of coincidence for Inception it's a very good film, actually. Is it? I, yeah. I've heard it's really good. But yeah, she's, really she's Inception great. was before Dark Knight Rises. Yes. D- right, just a quick segue. Like, I know it's Lad Bible. Or was it even Lad Bible? Oh, was it, it, was Lad voted, Bible? It, it was voted the best movie yeah, of the of decade. decade. That Dark Knight Rises. Rises. I was yeah. like, mate, I never... I seen that headline and I scrolled right like, past. I was like, what, I know I'm time for Lad that. By, by the community? No, I think they just... Promoted whatever oh, yeah. they did. Usually, whoever I mean, gave them the money. Some yeah. Twitter survey or poll or something. I, I just see that and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not indulging that. Yeah, of the decade, of the decade, in a, a fucking a decade, a decade where we've had films like Blade Runner, Nebraska, Blade Runner, Twenty Forty Nine, Dunkirk, fucking yeah, like yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was good, but it wasn't like groundbreaking of that. Inception, a. What was like? I'm sure there was like a couple of films that came out last year that I was like fucking blown away by, man. And right now I cannot think what they were at all. Um, at least it wasn't ready for their one. Before midnight. Yeah, I mean that was in the past ten years, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the last decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, last decade. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. I was like, that's fuck. That's fucking mental. That is a mental. It's mental not even idea. the best out of those three no. movies because no, that's Batman Begins. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that was I seen that. I was like, that's so that was fucking Rise of Skywalker. No, <laughs> and that's Star Wars. Um, yeah, but I will watch to come back to come way back to Rise of Skywalker. I will watch it again. But the, the sky. I mean, you might argue different, Paco. But Star Wars, in terms of the movies, have officially not not just jumped the shark. They've cleared the fucking ocean. <laughs> These these and three movies are. I'm glad the movies are ending. But like for now, they, they, that, they like, need to it's break. It's so easy to say that because these movies have been terrible. But like, it was the same thing. People said the same thing. So I think about the Last of Us video game when mm. they saw it was like a game with zombies in it. Again, it's like oh man, zombies! I'm so bored of them. Like the kind of statement you just made there is like such an easy statement to make. But all it takes is for one director to get his hands on Star Wars and pump out a good film. Well, to and be fair, it, everybody will be well, back on to, board again. Well, to be fair, they've already done that. But guess what? It wasn't a film. It was a TV show. The Mandalorian. I'm like, yep. This is someone that has understood that, you know, a long time ago in a gal. No, I'm okay. A, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away means we can explore different aspects. That it doesn't always have to be a space soap opera, and even add elements of the western in there. 
don't get me wrong, there's a lot about it that is still very Star Wars. There's a lot of familiar things about it, but it is absolutely the direction that the Star Wars franchise had yeah. to go in. It's like it's, it's I'm, a, I'm happy we've come to the end of the Skywalker saga. Exactly. We need, to get, we need to get away from that. Actually, exactly. They're all dead. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> but see, thing about like there was no surviving Skywalkers look at, in this movie. Yeah, and again, no, look, there's the one who decides. No, 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 no. No. I mean, in Rogue One, yeah, Leia's in it very briefly, but it, it's not fundamentally. That's a people. Yeah, but what I mean is, that, in terms that, of the that, new that's movies, that's just connective tissue. Yeah, but that's what, in in these out of the, all the new movies. I'm like, man, what are the best ones? Uh, Rogue One and maybe Solo. I was <laughs> like, I yeah, so, I Solo. I, honestly, I, I watched Solo again recently, and that is still a that solid. got a lot of apart from the first ten minutes of that film, <laughs> where he's in that car chase and he gets his name. Yeah. It feels like a completely different film. It's, yeah, it's a heist film, and yeah. I'm like, and, and I'm like, yeah, good. this is again something that because I got a lot of fucking hate when it came out, and I was like, man, I, it could have been better. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but you could say that about every Ron Howard movie. It could have been better, apart from Rush and I don't know Backdraft. I would, I would <laughs> like to see, like, maybe not even like a, a new director, but just Ransom. Like, far and away. <laughs> oh man, I, I used to love that when I was a kid. I don't know if I could watch it now because you know Tom Cruise doing it's actually pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> you have to plunge and scrub, and you're like, oh, dude, no. <laughs> I like I, I would be excited to see a Star Wars movie from somebody who's never touched the franchise before, and like, isn't like a JJ Abrams effort or um, a Colin Trevorrow or. or well, I was gonna say I I would really like to see is a Star Wars movie from this person but Me. now that I think about it I'd like to see a Star Trek movie from this person from an Aaron Sorkin script how good would a Star Trek yeah. movie yeah. be? Um, just be the West Wing in space and I'd be, I'd be fucking cool yeah, with that Aaron Sorkin in charge of dialogue for Jean-Luc Picard is somehow a possibly perfect match because he's like always quite nerdy and talking yeah. anyway well not only that he's you know he's always qu- quick to quip back back and forth you know as they're maybe walking around the enterprise they would need a, a bigger set they would need to build a bigger enterprise to walk around though they couldn't yeah. just use the one section of corridor repeatedly yeah the, yeah what happens if they want to go to the bathroom of a chat <laughs> um but yeah uh, i can't rise of skywalker is what it is man i, I found it entertaining but yeah what, what, i'll admit I was I I was unsatisfied, but I still enjoy the film. Yeah, I see in that in the opening moments when he goes to the uh, the Emperor's planet and meets the Emperor, Mm -hmm. and there's the monkey who who's like a Sith monkey. What? You know the guys who are fixing the stuff. I don't remember any of that. Do you remember the Sith chimp? You 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 always get wee helpers, uh, like. Clone, is he clone? Let, let I thought, are you okay? Like, I seem to have blocked that from my memory. Like, I thought, like, all the crowd that were chanting and shit at the end were all clones of Snoke because you saw Snoke in a fucking tube at one point. Right, that's a possibility. But at the start, the people who are helping him. He's got, like, a fucking he's Sith got, chimp. He's got a Sith chimp. Does the chimp have a lightsaber? No, but it literally fixes something and hands it to Kylo Ren before he goes on his mission. Oh, I don't remember that. Who rep- did they? No, I was gonna say who repairs his helmet, but I think it's his cronies. No, no, that is. 
I'll tell you another thing just while we touch and on it. And I will tell you this. See General Hux's whole thing. Yeah. That was yeah, a that bunch is, of really bullshit. Brilliant. But like again though, they've had two movies of him being just so fucking slapstick balls that they couldn't really do anything with yeah. him. Like, like him what but, happens to him is the best thing that could have happened to him in that. I disagree. No, I, I disagree Richard with Richard E. Grant? Is that his yeah. name? Richard like, E. Grant I thought was good. He was fine, but he was such a fucking just Grand Moff Tarkin standing. Yeah. But who isn't Hux is that? Uh, no, he, he's Grand Moff Tarkin baby. Mm, that's true. I would say Krennic's like that, but Krennic isn't like that. Krennic's actually... I think Krennic's a very good character. Yeah, Krennic's yeah. actually he's... one of the only kind of... In the recent movies Krennic, of, of Star Wars like villains a, that kind of stands by himself, everybody's had that kind of shitty, yeah, Krennic, shitty Krennic's manager at work. Relatable. Yeah, and Snoke's like a crappy Palpatine, and then Palpatine is Palpatine. Yeah, I mean, it's just like oh, Krennic's like this official. Also, Glados. Glados. <laughs> or uh, the baddie from Hellraiser too. Yeah, yeah, the, mm. thing, the surgeon. The surgeon. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, see, as soon as he saw the Emperor go. And it was ve- it felt very much like a kind of this is a nineteen thirties uh, kind of universal horror movie, and just kind of I went so shadowy, yeah. and lightning, I, and you're like, I just you <sighs> all right, we're going now, we're going to be like this. Yeah. I'm just going to switch off my brain. That's the and thing. Then, See, you do once you accept it, it, you're like, like there yeah. there are good moments in it. I think, like especially like visually, I think there's like a lot of really strong looking scenes. Uh, when you land that. Uh, craft on the Star Destroyer ring and all the horses. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that, like, like I thought he, that was a like good dress. Look at that army. A lot of people slagged off that one. A lot of people slagged that off. But like, I thought that was actually one of the most I, standout I it's shots. Really good shot. Yeah. I also really liked it when they went to Space India during the Space <laughs> Color, uh, sorry, the, the Space Festival of Colors. Yeah. Um, that yeah. was like a good, a good bit, like a good slice of life. Star Wars that you don't really yeah. see. It's almost a shame that it became your standard or oh, the Empire are there. It's a chase sequence. Uh, uh, we spoiling the shit out of this. I apologise. I also very much enjoyed Babu Frick. Yeah, he was alright. I mean, like, he was very just, oh my god, that's what that is. You know, it's like, kind of, there's nothing, there was nothing. No, there's a bit more personality to it than that. Like, when he'd when he'd white free uh, people and then you got them back online. So, like, we are full spoilers <laughs> if you haven't that, noticed. No, but to be fair, you, you see that the trailer, trailer. <laughs> but he goes, I'm taking my yeah. look at my friend. Like, You're like, so, I mean, he's not going on holiday. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> might, he might have been, like, just about to go on a kamikaze mission. Uh, which no. would have happened if I wrote it, just saying they would uh, all have died by then. 3 <laughs> would have been cool with that as well, man. Yeah, like, once he's coming oh, back on and Babu kind of goes, hey! Because yeah, he's dead. Yeah, my protocol says I can't tell you what's going on. Anyway, but yeah. So that happened. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mandalorian solid TV show. I don't think it's groundbreaking or amazing, but it's it's I like think good. It's very very good, man. It's good. It's it's watchable. It's been. Really... I'm making it sound less. I mean, not, yeah. Than it actually, it is good. Yeah, I it's think it's not just... as good as Watchmen, though. I mean, there's kind of chalk and cheese there. The TV show watch. What, you what watch I'll say about I have, yes. What I'll say about um, spoil the shit out of that. I if you it. What? Yeah, it is good. What I liked about uh, Mandalorian, and I think it's just because I've not had that since Deadwood. It was nice to see another kind of a, a Western show, a really kind of Western looking thing with the, those kind of tropes 
It's just uh, just remember. But I mean, it's not it's not like no, no, Deadwood. It's I, not I, doesn't take place in the one town. It's just the 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 look and the feel of it. I just find the music. It, yeah, I oh, love the, the music. The music's excellent. The, the music. actual like paintings that the, the, yeah, yeah. the, the it's look, quite it's quite clearly the concept art. Yeah, and it looks like showing old, it over the end credits. It yeah. looks like old western kind of style paintings. Fantastic! I just I thought it was really good. But it's a sol- it's a solid show. Yeah, it is. and like again, it's, it started to lose a bit of steam, but it's still good. Completely has. I think the, the last episode was really. supposed to make up for that bit of steam that's been lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, after a while, it's just it's oh, it's this it's this adventure this week with those guys, but. It, there, it doesn't feel. Do you think it feels repetitive, Paco? I, I only only no, in that I respect like that there's going to be feels, s- there's going to be some new problem. I think but at the same time, that's like an old western show where there's a new problem in the town and this guy's got to see. Sort see, it. similarly to what we always Space say, Bonanza. Uh, maybe what, what we always <laughs> say about the Conjuring about how it doesn't do anything new; it just does what it does really well. I think Mandalorian is that. It's like there's nothing amazingly original about it. At all, no. It's just a solid thing to watch, and it's good at what it does. I, it's like I'd it's agree a really, it's a really simple show. Every single episode has a really basic premise, mm-hmm. and it doesn't like, you know, try and throw plot twists and turns in your face. It just, no. It just plays out in like a really solid and a, a kind of rewarding. Is it maybe that? Maybe that. Satisfying. I don't know if that's just satisfying. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's good to watch. And like Baby Yoda, a brilliant the wee thing. It's like adorable. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I think uh, Pedro Pascal is really good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really believe Werner Herzog should play more villains and stuff. Mm. He's got the perfect voice and the perfect kind of sliminess to him. Like, that in fact, well, if someone like, said to me, right, who would you cast as Palpatine now? I'm like, him. <laughs> in terms of, like, just the way he sounds, the way he moves, even the way he looks, I'm like, yeah, man, he'd be my Palpatine going if back, I was to... Ian McDermott is dead, right? No, no, he didn't. Was, was, was that him that was in there? Right, right. Like a even if it was not though, they the point, him. the point I was going to say <laughs> was a knowing that Carrie Fisher died mm-hmm. obviously before this film got made. I thought all the scenes with her in it were amazingly well done, a like visually, and that they didn't shy away from using her as a character. Yeah. Like, like I thought they would. Like I thought she was maybe going to be like mentioned a few times and stuff. Yeah. But, like maybe seen once or twice yeah. amazingly briefly but like, like some other folk that's that's one of like the most impressive Ooh, CGI yeah. characters I've ever seen I don't, don't want to spoil anything mate hey <laughs> although I will say I mean I know you get folk that are fans of stuff but apparently two particular cameos in Brought Kevin Smith to tears, and I'm like, oh, everything brings Kevin can Smith we, to can tears. Can we just sit down for right, a okay, second? I know what you're talking about now, man. And both those cameos were fucking rubbish. They, they were me. I, I didn't mind them. It was it was fan service big time. Yeah. Anyway, so Watchmen briefly. Aye. I we went into this thinking it was going to be shit because the before Watchmen comics were terrible, uh, and Watchmen yeah, is like such and, a self-contained thing. And Damon Lindelof is a fucking hack. Yeah. I love the direction this went in. I like mm-hmm. how it's got such a strong focus on race. Mm-hmm. I I think that it did a great job of like not overly relying on fan service and callbacks to the original material. You got a couple of that in the first. There's there's a few bits here and there's there. Bits, bits, bits right. but, like, of it, but enough to make it. A it's it's what out as opposed to it's what these newer things should be, and that is like it's its own story first and foremost. Mm-hmm. 
set in that universe. Yeah, but not only that, it goes back to the folklore and the myths of like the Minutemen and throws a couple of yeah, uh, curveballs, curveballs yeah. at you where you're like, man, that was a big risk, but this is paid off given also, the story you're trying to tell. A, a few easy to miss cool details as well. Like uh, I, I didn't notice this myself. Like I read it on Reddit uh, after watching the first episode, but the only point in the series where it actually looks like Zack Snyder's movie where it's like uh, using slow motion and all the rest yeah. of it is during the Hooded Justice TV show yeah. portion of it mm-hmm. uh, which is a good touch but that's, that's yeah. good touch. all the characters like uh, what's his name Midnight what's her name uh, Sister Midnight Sister Midnight mm-hmm. and a Looking Glass mm-hmm. like they were both really fucking good mm-hmm. um, characters Silk Spectre was good yeah she was excellent Silk Spectre was the best thing in that show um, at first like she, she seemed like way too gruff of a character like compared to what she was in the, the original movie or the graphic novel but like then the more I kind of thought about it like towards the end of that movie that's the character she is like she is mm-hmm. fed up at everybody's bullshit and just fucking mm-hmm. has had enough of the whole thing yeah. Um, I at first like I mean Jeremy Irons is having the time of his life he was great as well and I really liked a lot of what they did with Adrian Vide. there's a couple of things that we've discussed where you're like he wouldn't do that yeah. as a character because it doesn't make sense. He's meant to be the world's smartest man. Yeah, yeah but that, that, that stuff just didn't really connect. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can appreciate it and I think it was fun in its own way, but in terms of just the whole narrative and my impressions from the graph novel of what Asian Vite is, mm. it just didn't connect as yeah. well as it should have. Mm. But um, all the Dr. Manhattan stuff uh, was good. Yeah, uh, I really was... like like Adrian's actual story arc, where he is essentially like well, I don't want to waste it actually because you, you for the first good couple of episodes you have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah, you... like I think like when you find out what his circumstances are and how he got to be in that position, mm-hmm. I think it's perfect. No, I it's really like great. I at, great arc. at first like like we were about I don't know I think we we're like three quarters into it and I was like. I do like this, but they need to. He's they they, they, they yeah. need to pay. They need to have a payoff here, mm-hmm. and the payoff I thought was very satisfying. Yeah. Um, Overall, that entire season I thought was great. Yeah, I, I will eat my words and watch the leftovers because uh, Lindelof convinced me. Uh, it's clearly he's clearly someone who understands the material, is a fan of it, and it feels like a proper yeah. sequel. This like this actually feels like all the times you've heard people making like a follow-up to something or a soft reboot like decades later when they say shit like oh i'm a fan of the original mm-hmm. like this feels like the first time that's actually fucking paid off mm-hmm. like it didn't work with predators let me tell you actual called but that's <laughs> lynch though right yeah but yeah. That, that in a way it's yes. a good thing that it's a it really is given and we we got our payoff because we fucking we hadn't we i just remember the conversations of you saying man they have to stop this or they have to have a payoff and yeah, the, the and ending thankfully, is fucking thankfully, great. Yeah. It, it, if that ending, if it didn't end the way it did, it would have been a huge disappointment yeah. because it is, there is a, one episode in particular where, you know, you, is an artist sucking his own dick because you're like, what the fuck does that? Li- that literally happens. Uh, is that the, the black and white one in the middle? Right, okay. Having read various threads and uh, think pieces about that. I have more of a grasp on what's supposed to be happening there. Don't get me wrong. But a the, lot of it is you're just having a wank. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, like, because 
I don't, I don't want to say like Kubrick. In many ways, he knows what's going on, but he doesn't. Rather than translate it well for the audience, it's kind of like, no, like this is what's happening. Yeah. If you don't get it, then that's your fucking yeah. problem. It's kind of like I remember when I first. I watched, can respect that. But yeah, like, but I, I, I think I think that's an amazing episode of that show. I I but in time thought it was time, great. Time but watched them just sitting there going, "What the fuck is going on here?" I, I love it. Is that I mean I would want to watch it again because I watched it when well, we both watched it weekly and yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard watching that week. Whereas like if, as a as a complete thing, you might notice things. Yeah. If you watch it just as a big as a winner, um, it's kind of like I remember when I first watched two thousand one A Space Odyssey, and I was like, I mean, this is good, but what's what's going on here, and why is that? And then Kubrick's like, I, I know what the fuck's going on. I've if only you, watched you watch that, it, and if you don't get it, you don't get it. I've only watched that once. I watched it with you, but I yeah. had read the book at that point. And I fucking loved that movie, man. That no, movie. it is a great movie, but it gets on, better though with multiple. Viewings, yeah, because you kind of you more. understand because see the end when you see the fucking Star Child. At that point, you're just like, what? Like what the knowing, fuck knowing is where this? the story goes as well is like really good. I liked after that. it. Well, I it's nowhere near as good as it's nowhere near as bold or as good as two thousand one. I spent it on twenty ten. I thought was alright because it was more of like a Hollywood film where it's like right. This is why this happened to David yeah. Bowman, and this is what's happening now. And you're mm-hmm. like, "Aye, but 2001 is more of a bold fucking." Now. 2001 feels like a documentary when you're watching it. It's the way it's filmed and everything, and uh-huh. you kind of cast your mind back to when that was made. You've never seen anything like that in terms of visually. It was. It's and even now, last time I watched it was I think it was last year when it was the anniversary, and it's still sorry this year, and it's still impressive as fuck, especially on the big screen. I would watch that again. Like I did really enjoy it. I, I, I think I mean the GFT always has it like that and like the first Blade Runner is like always on and I'd, like on Dad on Father's Day or whatever. But I think if the IMAX could, they should have it in that. I still I still haven't rewatched a Blade Runner twenty forty nine again since the cinema. I've seen it. Yeah, I, I need to get around to watching that again pretty soon. It's watching it on the small screen's kinda hard because I I watched it four times in the cinema and it was like this is so fucking impressive. That every now and then I say to Lee, could you could you could you guys get that back? Because I will pay and watch that again. Get a double bill of that and the first did you, one. Did you watch the three short stories? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was on IMDb. I, I was like, well, I would need to watch this. And again, they were fucking great. Yeah. Um. Like, I mean, you don't necessarily need to know why the blackout happened. You kind of get that in the film, but that wee short with uh, Gaff in it was was really yeah. good. Hey, see before we move on to like possibly more current shit as well though. You guys, the last episode you actually done was about the Joker. Mm-hmm. I obviously wasn't on that show because at that point I was kind of burnt out in this whole movie watching stuff. Mm-hmm. I did go see the Joker though, and I was expecting not to like that as well. And like, I didn't really enjoy it as I was watching it. Just this is what you what you said. Hey, I don't know Twin Peaks is what mm-hmm. made me think of this. But like, I, as it was actually happening, like on the first kind of viewing, I was really worried that it was going to be just not worth it in the end, and like that whole shit mm-hmm. pay off. By the end of that movie, I think it was actually excellent. I think it's like a fucking really well made movie. It's got like a lot to it. That like it benefits from watching it more than once. I, I would agree with that. Uh, I like really liked it the first time, and when I went and seen it the second time, I liked it even more to the point where I was like, I kind of want to go watch this again. I actually don't know what your thoughts on it are. You? Oh, oh, I don't like it. Don't like it as well. I found found the exception empty and soulless. I think it it kind of is really empty, but yeah. I, I think that's part of what I liked about it. Um, I find it really generic as well. Tommy, 
Can you bring through a bottle of red wine? And also take that bottle of Pepsi out of the freezer. And, uh, yeah, that was your behind the scenes look at Raptors in the kitchen because I'm not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just find... Like, I, I think, like, see at the very start of the movie, uh, it felt like it was trying too hard to be, like, an art house film. It, and a lot of the composition, how slow it was, even the dialogue it, and the, the music. For me, it was trying too hard to be, like, a Mean Streets or, like, kind of, not so much, not yeah. so much good films, but that kind of early Martin Scorsese kind of look like, to I, kind, I, yeah. kind I don't of, really have any reverence for those movies yeah. like I think I might be appreciating them more now uh, but like I, I like as it went on the thing I really liked about it was the whole uh, unreliable narrator aspect of it which like was for me a massive part of it mm. I don't know it's, it's been so far removed from it yeah. but I, I did I, I, did, I just it. remember I leave, really... leaving that cinema feeling kind of empty and kind of like it was it was it was well made it looked nice but I just it didn't connect in any way to me and I found I found the connections making it a Batman movie hmm. was were terrible and just kind of shoehorned in they were I, I don't know I thought they were not only minimal but also ended up resulting in kind of subverted expectations in a way that I thought was good I don't need to see Thomas Marshall ever being killed again. Oh yeah! Well, is... By the time it got to that scene, like I was actually waiting for the fucking the the perils to be ripped off her neck, and yeah. then when it happened, I kind of did groan a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right about that. I thought so I thought you meant more just like Thomas being in it for as much oh, as I, I also thought that part of the storyline was absolutely ridiculous as well. But I can I can understand why people like it. I just don't. That's fair enough. Well, it's, 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 it's not a film that makes me angry. Yeah. Um, Was there any other kind of standouts well, in the past couple of months? Yeah. Um, yeah um, I thought. Um, I thought that Joker. I was like, man, it's up there as one of my favorites of the year. Um, I think I, I would say it's one of mine as well. Which I, I didn't think expect. My favorite movie of the year is Marriage Story. It is certainly. It's the, the it's the best screenplay. Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. It's, uh, it's a film by Noah Baumbach who um, also wrote it and he it's it's semi-autobiographical because it's about um, he was married to Jennifer Jason Lee and they were at they, they've broken up since um, but he took that experience and made this it's a very at the time I think I described it as it's like a mix of Kramer versus Kramer with uh, Linklater yeah well yeah. before specifically before Midnight but Linklater's trilogy it's very talky and there's a lot of like there's a like folk talk how they sh- how people would talk you know what I mean there's no cinematic kind of Tarantino or fucking Kevin Smith or whatever like folk where folk maybe say things they think things but they don't say it like that they speak like real people the acting is fantastic it's easily Scarlett Johansson I mean Scarlett Johansson is a fine actress but this is absolutely her standout Adam Driver's excellent in it and just everyone in general I think is. Uh, Brilliant! Uh, I sat. I, I will get round to watching that because, like, but the Linklater movies are some of my favorite ones. This, this, you would see if you didn't know this, you would think it was a Linklater movie. Yeah, so, yeah, I haven't seen. It. I've only seen the trailer. I get very heavy Blue Valentine vibes. Um, it's it. it, we'll put like like Blue Valentine. You're watching people that you like break up. Is Blue uh, Valentine the one with the same guy that did Primer, or was that Ryan Gosling? Right. Uh, it's the I'm guy. Yeah. Uh, the guy that did Blue Valentine also did uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. All oh, right. Okay. Um. <coughs> shit. What's his name? Uh. 
it'll come back to me. Um, but yeah, uh, Marriage Story is uh, again it it's hard to watch because you're watching people break up, which starts off quite amicable and then it gets dirty, and uh, there's times where it's really tense. It's really hard to watch. Um, in particular, there's a scene where the two of them are arguing and it's really heartbreaking to see, but very real. Um, but yeah, that was fantastic. That's a Netflix uh, effort, uh, but I would encourage anybody to watch it. There's no really a good, like, I mean, see if you're on top of the world and whatever. It's not a great film to watch, but I didn't think it was as depressing as Blue Valentine. Right. Um, but it is, it is heartbreaking. But it's, you know, in the end, the characters kind of need to be where they are. And it kind of redeems itself. Um, I say redeems itself. It's it redeem it makes you feel a wee bit happier about a shit situation. Um, so yeah, that's up there for me. Because um, I was saying to Neil about like you think about your favorite movies of the year, um, and like and like Marriage Story's up there for me. Joker's up there for me. I remember the favorite came out in January. That's still up there. I thought the favorite was, was that was something to do with like that was the one with Emma Stone and um, Olivia Coleman. When uh, it was like to do with like Princess high society, Anne. like she yeah. kind of works her way in and like fucking yeah, basically it was, right, it was like a Queen Anne, like, Queen Anne, not Princess Anne. Fuck, mm. Queen Anne played by Olivia Coleman who won the Oscar. Was um, that this year? It was January. Like, yeah, because yeah. I remember th- watching that and being like, "Holy shit!" I might have just seen my favorite movie of the year because it was absolute topper it was really it's like funny a comedy right are you it's it's a comedy but um it's not like it's a very dark comedy but it's also a really kind of it's it's almost it's a really gripping love triangle um and uh, i just i thought it was fantastic um you still didn't see le mans that was a that was really good I think yeah. you would totally dig That's that. That's the Matt Damon, Christian Bale. Yeah, I was surprised. that For me, that was one of the best nights I've spent in the cinema. It was two and a half hours long. Uh, you don't necessarily need to be into racing, but it just, as a Hollywood movie, it had everything you wanted. It likeable characters, mm-hmm. uh, great uh, great action sequences. Uh, how, much, how much does it focus on like the technical advancement part? of the motorsport no like it's more it, it just it more focuses on the relationship uh, between Bale mm-hmm. and Damon right. but it also is about a competition because Ferrari were like they were they were the leading car and Ford were like you know in America they couldn't compete but the the, the idea was that the 24 hour race in Le Mans that they were going to beat them so Christian Bale who's like a well known mechanic and driver was brought in Matt Damon's a former driver and it's about Matt Damon kind of battling the suits, but at the same time, Christian Bale's a bit of a maverick. But he, like Matt Damon, is he's he's uh, Bale's friend to get him in, and he's also the one fighting the suits to try and keep him in and try and give him the opportunities that he needs. Really, really good, man. As I said, it was it was the quickest two and a half hours I've been in a cinema, and I said that to Danny. Uh, I was like, that was I knew it was going to be good. It's a James Mangold film who he did Logan and Copland, uh, very and like you know really great director and i was just really i really enjoyed it um that was a, that was probably one of the biggest that was maybe my biggest surprise because i not only enjoyed it it surpassed my expectations yeah um i'm trying to think knives out knives out is absolutely up there that was knives a, out is a very good film I, I will get around to watching that like i, I originally wrote it off because of ryan johnson uh, and then you remembered he directed Bird. yeah uh, but uh, not plus, like literally every single person who's been to see it has said it's great. 
it starts the thing is it's not just good it's great because again if you're going to do a whodunit I mean it's like that whole thing of well you can hire a bunch of folk but if Stellan Skarsgård's in it he's the villain in this you don't know it yeah. keeps you guessing well, I thought, like, my understanding was that you find out who actually did it yeah, really early on but it's really, more like really, why they did it yeah like, really yeah. early on it shows you the actual events as they happened but there's more then, to it but then it becomes kind of mired in alright okay that's how things happened but there's a bit more to the actual story that's going on and the reasons why they happened I, I'm guessing you will also want to mention Frozen 2 uh, yes Paco, I, I can talk a bit about Frozen 2 have you with, seen Frozen 2? Dances with Frozen yep it's, uh, is it that story? yep a story it's, as old as time it's not really that story it's about the plight of the night <laughs> so hold on right so like I don't know anything about this but is it going to be that one of the characters from Frozen 1 gets involved with like some kind of indigenous people and then like becomes enamoured with their culture to the point where they're accepted by the natives and then they go against no the white man that is not no that's dances with rules Tommy that's Last Tom, Samurai Tom, Tom that's just being facetious that's yeah. a Avatar that's no the, the plot of Frozen 2 is that Elsa who is the one with the magical powers right. gets catfished by a cosmic force and has to go up north to go to go put the Infinity Gems together mm-hmm. so she, she can save everybody I mean I'm kind of sold it's she also really but, no but what, yeah, she also the Infinity Gems are in the Fortress of Solitude that's right yeah. nice um, and also it's about her being gay yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, like I mean, I. But the first one's about her being gay as well. But this one's it? about her being. Right. If you, this well, is about okay, coming the, out. The, the, the way that you you talk about that would be the main song. Elsa's main song in the first one is "Let It Go," so that's her accepting that she's different and that she doesn't care about what anybody else thinks. Her main song, well, one of her main songs. She's probably she's got two. I, well, actually, both of them are about that as well. Yep. Also, uh, the second one. Yeah, the main song, which is Into the Unknown, is her going, right, okay, I'm ready to take that step into dating and show yourself, is her going, right, okay. I am out of the closet. I'm out of the closet, right. She, come quite, on. she quite literally comes out of a place, a different person. Yeah. Her real self. Yeah. Okay. She like, even looks different. Like, cause, because of her powers, she can change what she wears and things yeah, like Frozen that. Frozen is Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, does this handle all these more liberal issues in a better manner than Disney does it with their other do, fucking it does properties? Them very, very well. Right. Because yeah. Disney are pretty fucking rubbish when it comes yeah, to all this stuff. Yeah, normally, yeah. But this is done very, right. very well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, still not going to watch it because yeah. it's a musical and I just can't be fucking bothered with it. Um, it's good. It's not as good as the first one, um, in my opinion. Um, but what I meant when you were saying about it. No, like what Neil said is absolutely correct to a certain point, but it also uh, it, it tells you exactly what the film's going to be about within the first 10 seconds because it starts with a flashback with Elsa and her sister Anna playing, and you're like, that's going to be the film. Yeah, but you have, then, to remember, you have to remember it's also a film for children. Yes, and then their dad regales them of a story, and I'm like, well, that is going to be the crux of the plot, yeah. where but the, the whole, it's kind of standard film. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's very—I don't know why he's kind of been. No, no, it's the support. It's Chekhov's gun for beginners. It's 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 the support my dances with wolves. <laughs> it's just like you yeah, find something it, out, and you're like, 
Well, we know that's probably not how the white man handled it. There's definitely going to be a double cross. Right. And then there is. And then I'm like, and I said, I was like, wow, this is layered, man. This could this could be about that, but it could also be about a lassie coming out. It's like, it's dead good. Like, not as good as the first one, but it is good. And I think Olaf it's di- is still quite It's different because it's a, it's a, it takes a lot darker tone. I'd heard as well there's the not really like a clear-cut villain in this either. There isn't, no. Well, there is, but that villain's already dead. Which, like, it's a, it's, I, I, it's I don't more think about, that's a bad thing. It's like, more about like, what the villain is, yeah, his the, actions. The, the, the Mo- kind of, moving away from the idea where there needs to be a yeah. villain is like not a bad thing. Like, the, kind of, the, be, the kind of main plot uh, is about Elsa finding this ma- magical power and kind of restoring balance to magic and things like that. Infinity but Gems. The, the B plot, uh, which is more so about the history of the two peoples and how one of them get fucked over by the other one, and it's about fixing those mistakes. Yeah. Does Elsa turn out to not be like human? Is she like an adopted thing? Is she Loki? Is she an ice giant? I mean, she's, um, she's got superpowers. No, she's human, but she's she's got, she's a super... Yeah, she's she's like, a meta-human. We knew that, but is she actually like the other girl's biological sister? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, just, she can, but she has meta... She has more midichlorians than okay. anyone has ever seen because of a certain thing that happens. She's a chosen one. She's a chosen one. She's Which women are allowed to she, be. She is there to bring balance to the force. Speaking of which... <laughs> or that uh, bit in the forest. <laughs> did we do an episode talking about uh, Terminator Dark Fate? No, we haven't. Oh, no. Because uh, we haven't is, talked so. about the worst of 2019. And that is absolutely Well, actually, no, because I, I was just looking at my phone. I'm not saying it's the worst. Yeah. I'm saying no, because that there. is Rise of Skywalker. No. No. Because no. Rise of Skywalker is this year's Ready Player One. No, because Jesus I just checked. Because when I was just checking my phone, Elite Battle Angel went in February. So that Rise of Skywalker is worse than that film. No, it's not. It is. Come on, get a good deal. I haven't seen Elite Battle Angel and I already know you're talking about you. Yeah, that's some kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Ready Player One is the worst film of all time. (laughs) (laughs) You said that about Rise of Skywalker, and then you then said, "I don't hate it though." And I'm like, "You don't say a film's the worst thing ever by and then say you don't hate it." It's really bad though. I'll tell you, you used to go see Monos, did you? Nah, nah, that was Endgame was this year. Yes, Endgame was this year. Oh shit! And I just come on to my TV. Yeah, man, most successful movie ever. I've only seen it once. So Terminator Dark Fate. Everybody had written this off. Because all the other Terminator films that came out after Terminator 2 were all shit. But this one? Jim, but Jim Cameron got the rights back and it was the director of Deadpool and Linda Cameron was kept. Uh, Linda uh, Hamilton was back. So I, oh, the, you're like, dangling I this, that bait in front this, of me, Jim. Like, other than the fact that it is so entirely unoriginal and just unashamedly trying to be Terminator 2 all over again. Mm-hmm. I think this one started off already. There's a good hour of that film, which is yep. fine. Yeah. It's like like the action sequences are good, the characters are likable. Like, yeah, what's her name? Like a fucker. Mackenzie Crook. No, Mackenzie Crook is the Mackenzie guy Crook's from. Guy from Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis. She's excellent at it. Yeah. I think then, like her character is really good in it. Then enter Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnie is the worst yeah, thing about it. He and is. he drags everybody down with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like his. Even like, the dogs that are not scared of him anymore. His humour is. Fucking appalling. His backstory's dreadful. His acting's just hamming over the top. Everything about him is fucking yeah. bad. Like that she movie never was. Never wanted sex. She doesn't know of that, a machine. That oh, movie was kind of enjoyable up until he appeared in it. Yeah. Uh, for a movie that has like so they many. They don't need him. They, they they just they don't need him in that film. For, it's so garbage. For a movie that has like so many progressive 
themes in it about how like like women are more than just their wombs and women can be the hero and like you know it's like the three women are like the three kind of a capable like heroines of the, the yeah. film they drive it forward yeah. and if you like find the most, infinity gems you can come oh wait no we're talking about anymore the <laughs> most liberal kind of viewpoint of the whole film though is that it's when the white republican shows up <laughs> the movie becomes terrible <laughs> oh man oh man it's sad and I true. believe that was unintentional it was sad but true that movie sucked. The only, the only thing I really didn't like, I liked the, the kind of dual aspect of the Terminator. I liked how it quite clearly had a brains and brawn vibe uh, going on it, where, like, you know, part of it was intelligent but kind of weak, and our part was strong but kind of was just on autopilot. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. I thought that the guy who played Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield did a good job as the Terminator. Diego Luna. No. No. Taylor Clowes in version 2.0. Whatever you want to call it. Diego Luna is the guy from fucking Rogue One. Rogue One. That's right. He's Cassian um, Andor. Is that his name? No, that's his name in Rogue that's One. That's his name in Rogue One. What's no, this no, guy his called? Name's Diego Luna. Um, this guy is Ghost Rider. <laughs> he legally changed it. I feel like I know his name. You nice should. Do you watch Agents yeah, of Shield? Yeah. I think he did a good job. I think, that, again, fine. the rating is pretty bad for it, though, because like that Terminator could have succeeded in assassinating a... Danny, yeah, several times during the film, if it didn't fucking announce its presence before it did it, yeah, like, yeah. why did it get in the Gabriel Luna? Gabriel Luna. Why did it get on the the comms and turn tell them that it had the, fucking hijacked a plane? I turned, I turned it down. I turned the phone on the silent before it started the show. Uh, yeah, that hijacking bit. Yeah, it's like why yeah. does it tell them that it's, it's in the plane behind them? Supposed to be an infiltration unit. Infiltration, fucking nothing. But also because of. I mean, like, Terminator was the 80s, right? Terminator 1 was, like, what, 86? 4. 84? Aliens was 86, I think. So, like, the concept of drones and all that sort of shit was, like, quite, quite, I mean, were folk even thinking of drones back then? I mean... I doubt it, right? Probably not, but... Very limited capacity. But yeah, it's like, yeah, but, I mean, like, now, sci-fi nowadays, like that's existed for years. Now, nowadays, the, the concept of sending a humanoid thing back in time to kill one person is ridiculous. Especially in a movie where they show that these drones exist in oh, the right, future. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. They can only send a humanoid thing because they can't send solid metal through the time. What, they uh, could they, send a drone covered in skin. Alright, okay. Well, if, you're going to, if you're going to cover a drone, you may as well cover a guy. But well, why what, though? What, because the guy's less efficient. A, a T-1000 is essentially just a drone. Yeah, it's no, just but, an AI but, but it, it, it walks, so it's less efficient. Like if it was like a flying thing that could just fucking... High tail it for somebody and explode and it got within proximity, which the things do in that movie mm-hmm. in the future sequences. There's drones that like are super fucking daunting and yeah. more of a threat than the Terminators. Yeah, but not. Why would not, you not send something like that back? But not made by Cyberdyne systems who yeah. don't exist in that future, but fucking Legion yeah. just happened to make the same fucking shit. And like talking about like Ellen talking about how Watchmen didn't rely on homages like way more than it should or fan service. Dark Fate. Like Dark Fate falls out of that yeah. trap every want, fucking, yeah. every turn. Yeah, you just want to watch T2 after um, watching it. Yeah. it. It leans so much into that. But again, that first hour, solid, a, solid action movie. It was fine. Um, I just, I, I started to believe and then I just get angry again. I'm done with that fucking franchise. I can. I'm glad it bombed because they will not make. I it still. Hard. I still think. No, that, I'm glad it bombed. Fuck. Big cats. Apparently, well, it's we haven't seen the hellish nightmare that is cats and the cats remake, which has already happened. <laughs> what? 
Oh yeah, they, well, they, they patched get, it. They one patch, yeah, they, yeah. they patched it, and then it's like, yeah, you, you can put that in for. Con- they really are trying to sell on everything, and it's getting fucking. It's going to lose like a hundred plus million. I'll watch it. I saw it. It only made something like six point four million in its opening weekend. And Taylor Swift's song in it is stupid. I want, like actually, what did they patch? Did they make the cats look more acceptable? No, there was they, uh, there was un, un, unfinished um, CGI. Like uh, the scenes where like uh, Judy Dench is walking about, and she's got all her cat stuff on. She's got she's got fur coat. She's got her normal hat right, on, right, not, right. and it's a normal hand when she's wedding. As long as like the cats themselves still look nightmarish, I will watch at least part of that movie. If they've made the cats look acceptable, I have no interest no, in it. Because they'll always look nightmarish because they're cats with human feet mm-hmm. and faces. The, the same, and and, and also and the bigger question is: Dame Judy Dench's character is a big furry cat. But yet she seems to be wearing coats made coat. out of cat fur. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck's happening here? Are you yeah. killing I mean, them to each other? Maybe she's like Dolph Lundgren in Universal Soldier where it's like, where's human ears? Because it's like, I'm going to kill my, well, not my own, but maybe. it's like a, a trophy from her. Maybe. Is she Buffalo Bill? Maybe Why she's not? got the cat equivalent of baldness in humans. Because we, sure. yeah, we're like, we wear wigs made out of human hair oh, if they're bald. Okay. Maybe she's, enti- she's an entirely bald cat. And well, she no, has to wear this. She's got her own fur. This is a coat. Right. Mm. So does Idris Elba, though. And does, does Jason Derulo not have it as well? Where they look like. What's the term for baldness again? Alopecia. is a medical thing. Yeah, that's a stress thing. Uh, I think the medical term for baldness is just baldness, isn't it? Like, Probably. Uh, <laughs> still, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I we haven't seen the the hell the hellscape that's cats. Same I, as a, I kind of want to watch it just because of what it is. But then I see that trailer with that bit with James Corden, and I'm uh, like, I don't uh, need that. that. Don't I don't need that. I don't understand the hate for him. He's kind of like I don't hate James Corden. Like, I, think but I understand why folk came because he's kind of he is in it. I've got a soft spot for him because of Gavin and Stacey. Same. Um, which I heard the, the 2019 Christmas special that was apparently bad was it you that was seen that? yeah oh, yeah, good man I like Gavin Stacey um, yay <laughs> so <laughs> talking about like fucking nightmare fuel CGI shit though when that Sonic movie comes out on Blu-ray or whatever like not in the cinema actually I would quite like for there to be two different releases in the cinema as well mm-hmm. I want to see the nightmare Sonic version you rather ne- than you will never see the nightmare Sonic like version. if that is not a special feature in the Blu-rays yeah, what are they doing? yeah I agree, I would rather watch that version of it. Mm. But then I didn't really want to watch any version of that song. So. Yeah. Uh, I, it doesn't look good at all. And I, I like John Raphael. Uh, I like... Is it uh, not Ben Schwartz? Yeah, that's, that is yeah, John Raphael. What? Ben. Oh, right, okay. Right, yeah. John Raphael is a character from Parks and Rec. Yeah, I like him. I like, Played by Ben Schwartz. Yeah. I like Cyclops and I like Jim Carrey, but everything about what they're doing in this just... They're totally going for a Detective Pikachu vibe and it is not coming off like that at all. It it's may co- work. It's coming off desperate. Oh man, Detective Pikachu was this year. That was a great movie. That was, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. What was the best animated film you've seen this year? Apart from Frozen, if it is that, because we already talked about it. Oh, right, okay. This is... I mean, does Jojo's Bizarre Adventure count? Because uh, that, go- uh, that goes places. Toy Story 4 was just... Mm. No, it was My favourite animated movie this year would have been... The sequel to my favourite animated film of the year before. Hold on. No. What is it? Frozen. No. Teen Titans versus Teen oh. Titans Go. 
which was uh, so the last one was Teen Titans Go to the Movies yeah but this like, one like, like, if you haven't watched you should fucking watch it it's a fucking amazing which, there's like a, there's like a says that's fucking great there's a, a DC like channel now or something as well like similar to Disney Plus but it's got like a lot of DC stuff on it uh, apparently DC Universe has been away for a while right apparently the Harley look, Quinn show on that's going to be good right yeah I heard that as well yeah I'll tell you what doesn't look good. Birds of Prey. Oh, it's out of them, no. uh, It just looks meh. I'll watch it, but... Um, and over-reliance on Margot Robbie because that was the one thing folk took away from Suicide Squad. Yeah. I mean, she's the only one that kind of gets away with it. Well, I mean, not even. She's not my Harley Quinn. Uh, Who's your Harley Quinn? Animated Harley Quinn, and she's the Harley it's Quinn. It's the only acceptable Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn out of the Arkham games was alright as well. No. She's okay. She's not as well-rounded a character as the yeah. ones that's explored in the animated series. She lacks... The thing I like about Batman, the animated series, Harley Quinn, is that she's just goofy. She's a total goofball who... But it comes down to that whole thing of, like, she is... She's a victim. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Whereas this totally whole, oh, I wish I had a relationship as good as Joker and Harley, I'm like, you clearly don't know what yeah. the fuck that is. That is not, that is not healthy. He is an abusive arsehole and he's like manipulated her to the point where she's absolutely a victim. So Teen Titans versus so Teen, Teen Titans, Titans. Got the is that about is, victims? <laughs> when, when did that come out? This year. But when though? Uh, March? It wasn't that long ago. It was only really? a few months ago. Yeah. Right. Have, uh, you, have you spoke about it on the show at all? No. Right. It, it's been after it's been after the Joker episode. The hiatus. Yeah. Um, it was it, went, it was a straight to DVD and streaming movie uh, I think I paid £5 on Amazon to watch it just to rent it was that some nice spending money? it was £5 is well that spent. some nice spending um, <laughs> what was that sentence I don't know I was, well, saying, was, that, was that a well was that a well made purchase That's well the, ba- the basic premise is the, the Teen Titans go crew which is your kind of chibi kind of cutesy hmm. younger kind of they look uh, like the Powerpuff girls yeah it, it, it's, it's Teen Titans like kind of Powerpuff style yeah um, they get abducted, uh, and they're forced to fight in a tournament against the Teen Titans from the original Teen Titans cartoon universe. So the same characters, but so a different it's the same art characters, style. but it's a different art style. They're they they're more like they're technically the same age, but uh, they come across as a a more mature group. End of the Spider Verse was December last year. Oh yeah, that's to- it's kind of an end of the, end of the Spider Verse. Is here. is that enough time for them to have watched that and then been influenced by it, or would this have been something that would have well, been well, no, th- there will have been in time for that, but um, it's also a thing that's happened in comics and things like that. Right. And what what kind of follows is uh, the big bad is. Uh, the girl Raven from Teen Titans oh, okay. is his father who is trying to get respect because in the Teen Titans Go universe he's a total doofus kind of devil from uh, another dimension but in the other one he's a proper badass one so his plan is to try and merge with the badass one so they can rule all the universes right. uh, so to escape when they try and escape uh, they've got a dimension kind of hopping device so they pull different versions from the Teen Titans right. into the same universe so there, there's kind of there's, all, there's a total like, see that bit in Endgame yeah, where yeah, all the portals yeah, yeah. Uh, come out mm-hmm. you get that but it's all different versions of the same team 
Uh, Does it have like that kind of caper vibe to it as well, or is it? That's a Teen Titans Go movie, so yeah. yes, everything's kind of a caper, kind of just a bit slapsticky. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I laughed, giggling my ass off the whole way through it. Uh, so yeah, other um, than Frozen, well, I was just, that then well, it would maybe be was. Well, I, was I was about to say Happy Feet, but that's not ha- Happy Feet. Not the film no. I'm thinking of. The one with uh, Channing Tatum, where he was a um, small foot. Where he was the uh, uh, abominable snowman. Oh, that right, was okay. also very good. That was, I, that was Latka. No, that was. No, uh, you're, you're thinking that's of the, the missing one, link. That's missing link, which was also very good. The missing link's probably up there for me. Yeah, was that this year? Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm currently researching. Yeah, that. Ma- missing link was very uh, good. How to Train Your Dragon? That was another one, which again, I thought, I, did someone find that disappointing? I, I thought it was disappointing. It was just alright. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the second one. Uh, the second Lego Movie there. Part 2 was this year. That was fine. Yeah, it was alright. Um, the Farewell was might well be my favourite film this year, though. Mm. Uh, were you here for the conversation about The Farewell? Doesn't ring a bell. The Farewell is Aquafina um, plays a, a woman who lives in New York. Uh, her family, well, her mum and dad still live in New York, but most of her family live in China. They get bad news that the grandmother is dying of cancer. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the family choose not to tell her, but they all go over to spend their last time with her. I don't know if we spoke about it in the podcast, but I've definitely heard you speak yeah. about it before. That's probably up there as my favorite, one of my favorite films this yeah. year. You, uh, you just, have you discussed it in the last podcast? Cause Cause it's, 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 it's to do with like the, no, because I, I haven't listened to that podcast and I wasn't on it, but like I've heard you mention this before. But like, there is like a, a thing about like a big theme in the movie is about how people in the West deal with like terrible illness and yeah. death compared to yeah. people in the East. There, there's that, yeah. but it's also on a kind of on another level. It's about a uh, cultural identity of like because they there's a lot of discussions between the Ch- the family that live in China and the American family of what makes you Chinese. Uh, are you still Chinese? Can you still consider yourself proper Chinese when you don't live in China? Type or like if you've never been in China, yeah. like if they're second generation Chinese. Yeah. It's it's a very good film. It's very, it's, it's, I don't want to use the word heartwarming, but it's quite a life-affirming film uh, in terms of... What was it called? The Farewell. The Farewell. Yeah. Is that on like Netflix or anything? Oh, or? it was the cinema that I saw. I haven't seen it'll it. Probably it'll probably be on it shortly. It'll be on one of them soon. Because uh, again... Talking about like um, Eastern movies and that, um, this is Korean though. Is uh, I'm really looking forward to Parasite. Yeah, uh, from the direct- that's been out for a while in other regions. Yeah, it, it we won, just don't it, have it. It yet. won the Pandor and it's it's been getting nothing but rave reviews. Yeah. But I think it's February. Yeah, so is it? Uh, that's not Park Chan Wook, is it? No, no it's, it's uh, Bong Joon Ho. Right. What he else did, did he do? He did the uh, host Train to Busan. He did Train to Busan and he did Snowpiercer. And he did another thing that I really liked as well. But basically, they do. I saw the devil. I think he did, and I really fucking. Love I that saw movie. that was an amazing film. Uh, but yeah, um, I've I've still not seen Train to Busan, but Train to Busan is very. The good. only one of those films that I didn't really like was the host. The host was alright. It I, was novel. I mean, it was I like it I was schlocky as fuck. Yeah, I think I, I think watched it with I different really eyes. About it. I think that's why I watched it with different eyes, where I thought it was stupid. like a serious horror movie. Well, I, like I, I looked at it more as in like this was like a crappy sci-fi produced effort, mm. a sci-fi channel produced effort when. 
Uh, like, it's, just, it's a B-monster movie, man. Yeah. It's like a bit of fucking gigantic mutated fish that goes on a killing spree in some fucking yeah. Asian town. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, where uh, Snowpiercer, I thought, was great. Um, and I can't remember. He, he did something recently. Oh, no, it was up, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a Netflix FRI. Uh, I've not seen that, but um, I will watch it. But, yeah, yeah I, I'm really looking forward to Parasite, especially... It's. I don't really know much about it apart from it's about a. It's it's about it's a, about a class, like a, a working class family that have to put up a lot of shit in that. But that's it's it's quite. From given the filmmaker, I'm like, there's more to it there because it seems like he's he's like Park Chan Wook will explore those themes. Um, at, well, with Park Chan Wook tends to be very brutally. Yeah. Whereas with him, it looks gonna be. It looks as if it's gonna be well. Again, for I don't know I anything about it, and I would, I would rather not know anything about it before going to see it. I, w- I read an article about it, like a three, four page article about it, and you get nothing from the plot other than it's it's semi autobiographical and um, it's about different working, different classes of people uh, in <clears throat> You watched any of The Witcher? Nah, not yet. I've not really been in frame of mind to start anything like that. And to be honest, I've got, I think. 18 days to watch Legion season 3 right so I'll probably tan that person fair enough traffic went last time I saw I think was it Frozen 2 was the last time I seen someone it might have been it was the last thing I went Jumanji oh no we saw Jumanji yeah, yeah Jumanji which, I, which you enjoyed. I enjoyed Jumanji quite a lot if you like the reboot which is on Netflix uh, which I had again it was very much like this is a reboot that Nobody wanted, but it happened to be on Netflix. And Neil said to me, "It's actually really fun fluff, and mm-hmm. it is. It's really they do the whole conversion from board game to a computer game, and different ideas about Jumanji really well. That also is like rel- relevant with modern video games. Uh, I will state my reputation and say that this is uh, the first one is Jack Black's greatest performance. He does a." He plays a teenage kind, girl. Kind of so a low well. bar, man. No, I mean, I know that Jack Black tends to play a lot of the, you know, he's the stoner who does the thing. He, he's got he's, quite a lot of decent kind of indie movies. He, he's in all right. Like, he's in some all right films, but like he's never he's great. Poker King. Yeah, he's really good in the uh, poker thing. Bernie, he's really good. Um, but yeah. I really like him in High Fidelity. Yeah, uh, I like him in Orange County. But, but he's not great in any of those. No, though. but no. In, in this, it's just like, Again, in the premise of Jumanji, these kids get sucked in the computer game of Jumanji, and then they are there's avatars for them. So you've got the nerdy kid who happens to be the Rock, and then it just the 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 fourteen year old Instagram social media obsessed lassie is in Jack Black's body. Fourteen, so, that that woman looks thirty two. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> she's in high school, she's, she, like, she's in high school. But the point being is, <laughs> Jack Black's task is to act like a fourteen year old social media conscience. Uh, Instagram girl and he fucking nails yeah, it, does it really so well, well. Yeah. and Karen Gillan's really good in it as well she's really funny like because she the person I recognise her name but I don't know from what she's Amy Pond in Doctor Who uh, she's thingy Nebula 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 um, but in this it's like it, she's like she's the awkward kid she's the awkward girl she's not the haughty she's the wee awkward one who then is in Karen Gillan's body who at one point Jack Black's character has to teach how to flirt and get guys to notice her and to, in order to get past these guards and it is fucking hilarious. It's a great scene. Um, but yeah, and The Rock's really good in it as well. Uh, in the second one, he's Danny DeVito for a wee while 
and Neil mentioned Aquafina, oh, who is yeah. brilliant as Daddy DeVito. Yeah, they, they've this. got they've got a mechanic in the second one where they discover a thing where you can change your avatar, you can swap avatars with people. So once you bump into the, um, they bump into Aquafina, who is a new character, uh, but she'd been played by who, the nerdy kid who was a rock in the first one. Who's he, Aquafina? Uh, she's a Chinese woman in Ocean's Eight. Okay, right. Um, so they get to a point where they swap characters, and she takes on the Danny DeVito character, and she's brilliant as Danny DeVito. It's really believable. Just to be do you mean so Danny DeVito is brilliant as her? Well, no, it's her portraying as if she was Danny DeVito. Right. Okay. Okay. It's getting mixed up. Well, it's. It's the av- It's like the car- The person goes into the game, but they're portrayed by this avatar. Right. So it's Danny DeVito that goes in. Yeah. Right. But he involved. Yeah, he, he looks like he her. goes into that right. character. Yeah. And the, well, yeah. At first, he's the Rock, and again, the Rock does his accent. And everything. He's like, my joints feel like butter. And then every now and then they'll say something like, ah, like yeah. he's hard of feeding. But then Aquafina just seems so oh, natural. Jesus, she. It's as, it's as if she spent a week studying Danny DeVito. And Neil, like The Rock's good at it. She's she upstages him, yeah. and it's also Kevin Hart's best performance because he's just Danny Glover. John Wick Three was this year. John Wick Three was indeed. John Wick Three, and it's also tomorrow on Netflix. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to watch that guy get axed in the head. I say what was better. I think we all read already know the answer to this, but what was better, that or Hobbs and Shaw, which was also this year? Well, it's John, John Wick Three. Yeah. There's no contest yeah. at all. Shob, Shobs and Haw, Hobbs and Shaw, to me, is what Rise of Skywalker is to you, what you're saying. Like, that's like a Fast yeah, and Furious okay, movie. Yeah. No, but it's way dumber than yeah, Fast and the Furious. Hobbs and way it makes way less fact. sense. Presented and has fa- way fa- fucking and less Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. It's, it's Fast and Furious guy then. Though. Did you guys know there was like an animated version of Fast and Furious? It's on Netflix? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing until today. It's called like Fast and Furious Race Lines or something uh, like that. It's just like kids. Uh, uh, oh god! Like uh, in the, the is it pre- animated? Yeah, oh, right, it might be alright. In in the preview, like he references like a Dom, who's like, "Oh, this is the same stretch of road that Dom set a record on." Blah blah blah. And is like, "Okay." You mean like in the third one when he just happens to show up at the end credits? You're like, "There's no reason for Vin to be here." What, but there's every reason. In, for in that, that perfect movie. <laughs> Worst of the series. No, you two are so is the worst. Yeah, two is like just totally <laughs> the worst. Joint third. Joint third. Right, what's the best one? Fast six. Six, seven, five. Tokyo Drift. I actually think Tokyo Drift's the best. Seven. Fast seven probably. Fast seven is where it really. It's building ones a like, crescendo of what, what they, the fast movies could be. Fast Tokyo- seven. Is that's Tokyo Drift is so far removed from all the other films that it's kind of harsh to even compare it to the other films. It's such a different thing. Like the thing Ragged, I enjoy, but fast cars. The thing I enjoy about the all the other Fast and Furious movies, like I love the family themes. I love the just chilling out having barbecues, drinking Corona. I love the the heists. Tokyo Drift doesn't have any of that. But Tokyo Drift is that fish out Tokyo of water. Tokyo Drift is the Karate Kid with fucking yeah, cars. and that's fine. Yeah. Karate Kid's good. It is, yeah. What's your favourite? of the? Th- well, how would you rank those ones? I mean, 213. Next. Next mm. being... The Nick Cage Hel- movie. No, I'm joking. Hilary Swank. Uh, 
Yeah, not the Jaden Smith one. Which no, shouldn't even be counted. Don't count that. Uh, I haven't seen the second one in a long time. I hear the second one's good. I yeah, no, that. it is. I remember, I remember really enjoying the second one because it is more about Miyagi. Um, the third one's not great, but the third one is a spiritual sequel to the first one, and I forgive it for that. You also love Cobra Kai, don't you? The third one's okay. Cobra Kai's great, man. Why the hell isn't everybody watching that? I was like, that is that is a sequel we didn't ask for, but thank God it exists. That's why I'm not watching it, because right. I didn't ask for it, because I didn't think I need it. Going back to The Witcher, <laughs> you though, watch it. you haven't seen it. Tom watched half of the first episode. I've oh. watched seven of the eight episodes so far. It gets better. It starts off really shit. It never stops looking amazingly cheap, but the sword playing is really good, and Henry Cavill does a good job as Geralt. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, that's uh, Cool. What else happened this year? What else happened this I watched year? a Japanese movie uh, directed and written by Sonny Chiba, who was... Hitori Hanzo in Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it was, and I'm well aware of his work. Yeah. It was called Yellow Fang, about a real life incident that happened in Hawaii. How old is it? I mean, I don't. I think know, it was you like. Know, you know, Sorry Chiba was around it was the like, 70s and 80s. It was right? like mid 2000s. Right. But it looks like it was filmed in the 70s. See, he, he's been around for years, um, decades. I think I'm pretty sure, like on the opening credits, it said 2007, but like it looked like it was made in the 70s. Uh, so it's about a real life incident where a bear terrorized uh, a village in Hokkaido, Japan, and it's essentially just about people hunting down the bear. Uh, but it's also framed against the backdrop of like young Japanese people who kind of like loved each other, but like the the bear attacks kind of separated them for years and then mm-hmm. they come together again uh, to to fight a bear in a cabin in Japan. And that's essentially the whole film, but it was alright. Cool. Um, I don't know why, but you're making me think, like there's a TV series on Netflix called um, The Films That Made Us. The Movies That Made Us. The, yeah. And uh, watching Die, watching the one about Die Hard and Jan de Bontz, the uh, director of photography. I mean, he talks about how he just came off of Roar. I still need to watch oh, Roar. That's, yeah. That like man, he's like, and he's like, yeah, man, I nearly died. So Roar the movie think, with think... lions, like real life lions, are attacking the fucking crew. Well, real they 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 are filming a plot around these real life lions, and occasionally they're getting mauled. Yeah, I, I think you just need to watch the trailer for that. And you I've seen the, the trailer. The, the gist. So I've seen the trailer many a time. I will say, I, 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 my blood I, can't, lost. I can't see that being a good film. Ye- Yellow no, Fang, it be good. But... Yellow Fang has scenes where it's an actual bear, but for the most part, if the bear is near an actor, it is quite obviously a guy in a suit. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, <laughs> but it's like they don't even you really don't try that. and cover it up. It like it looks cheap as fuck. It was alright. It'll end up being grizzly man if you uh, just have the real bears. I'm gonna try and make a point of watching something in Japanese every day for the next year. Fair. So watch JoJo just without the subbies. Like I've heard that anime. Like somebody online uh, pointed out that like Westerners who like try and learn Japanese through watching anime, the equivalent would be. A Japanese person who learns English from watching Family Guy and comes over here and talks like Peter Griffin. No, I, I don't want to be that person. Uh, no, but what you, <laughs> you, what you do get, I mean, I met like our good friend uh, Casper. 
um, I'm like he's Polish, and I remember him telling me like he grew up watching a lot of American movies, so that's yeah. why like the accent, his English yeah. accent, yeah, but feels like, like that. Apparently, anime is like really bad for like not really teaching you how to speak dialect like a, and things like, like that. a Japanese person mm-hmm. because like a lot of characters in anime tend to be like bad boys and rogues, and therefore they're quite rude. Whereas like a lot of teenage lasses, a lot of the way that Japanese people speak is like ingrained in a respect and politeness mm. so like if you watch anime you're going to learn how to speak like somebody from an anime which is not how japanese people speak okay um so but like i have I been mean, watching it, yeah i'd imagine it's it's kind of like when you have this like the stereotype of oh british they have cups yeah, of tea yeah, and yeah, all right governor yeah, and all yeah. that shit how no brown cow yeah uh, all that shit but I, I have watched that's only chiba film was at the start of this mm-hmm. uh, and like there's a japanese Kind of version of Big Brother, but not quite. It's like six random Japanese people move into a house uh, where they'll live together, but they still get to leave the house and like have normal lives apart from that. And it's called Terrace House. It's but on the Netflix. House is haunted. No, it's just it's just six relatively young Japanese folk, and uh, immediately they all just want to bone each other. So okay, yeah, that's what happens when you put like three women and three guys in the twenties and in one house in it. I'd be like, man, let's say working. Let's say the house is haunted. Put some fucking traps in there. I mean, I've only watched the first two episodes, so it could go anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to try and work my way through. Hope it's now the twist as it's haunted. I'm going to try and work my way through all the you. all the old original Godzillas uh, are on the list. There's a, a box set of those that get released a few months ago, which I really really want. And it's all those old ones, it's like eighty bucks for Blu-rays or DVDs. Mm-hmm. Blu-rays, which is yeah, it's quite good. For Blu-rays. How, well, I mean, that's a, quite a hell of a collection, right? Hmm. How many? I'm not sure. There's quite a lot of them. Over 30? Uh, no, nah, I don't think it's 30. Like that. But if you're well, saying like, the old ones, 15. That, well, I was going to say, because they go as far back as the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those. Just, I, I, not, I mean, we're not counting the American ones, I suppose, right? Yeah. Oh, so uh, like, all right, okay, I, I will take that back. It's a... Uh, Godzilla Box, a Showa film, 1954-1975. It's a Criterion collection. Yeah. Uh, 234 Whoa! How many movies I, is that? I saw that for cheaper somewhere. Maybe it's in Fort, Fort Cent. I have like Criterion and no, I mean, You, you could just go to Pirate Bay and get it for the price of On yeah, the House. On the house. <laughs> <laughs> I also like, heard people talking about... A movie called Versus a long time ago, which is about like oh, a, right. a haunted forest or like a zombie forest. Uh, and I never watched it, but I'm going to try and get my hands on that at some point as well. If that's the film I'm thinking of, is by the guy who directed Twin Snakes. And yeah, Jenkins. it is. It's the, right, it's okay, that film is rubbish. Is it? Yeah. I'll, I'll still watch it. I'll it's, give it a shot. What's the one? Like, very 90s. What's the one where it's like the sound of music but with zombies? What happens to the cartoons? Yeah. That's good. Do you own that? No, I used to. I said. Takeshi Miike. Yeah. Right. It's you one, of, it's one yeah. of his better ones. Yeah. I mean, you gave me that uh, and I watched it. The bit where it was all claymation, he was uh, yeah, interesting. Is it, again, this like uh, highlights my comes here? It's not the, it, they see the, the cover of it. It looks like the sound of music, but it, it's not yeah, that. Yeah, right. it's not really. It's, it's, it's about a sinister family. <laughs> it's the guy who did Seven Savage, is his name Kurosawa? Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Like, I'm going to probably try and watch Oh, his stuff as I'll well. I'll give you over Ran. Ran's cool. a fantastic. I movie. think we might have. We've got a few of your DVDs actually up there uh, in the, the DVD rack. Seven Samurai's up there. That's Craddock, so. Yeah, right. it's not. I'll probably give that a watch. No, like, Seven Samurai. I mean, I've seen Seven Samurai before, 
Kurosawa is regarded by a lot of folk as the greatest director that ever lived. Um, like folk like your Lucas, your Scorsese, and all that. Like highly, he's always in like the top three list of uh, the the best film directors. And again, someone who's mega into their movies, I'm ashamed to say I don't think I've seen, seen one Kurosawa yeah. movie, including Seven Samurai. Do you want to watch it? I want to watch Throne of Blood, which I think is just Macbeth. That is. The, there's one that I think is just King Lear. That's Ran. Ran. Which I will and there's is it Fortress in the Sky? No, not Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress. That's it. That's supposed to be again. That's you're possibly shame. also that, getting mixed up with a Ghibli movie called Hidden Castle Fortress. in the Sky. But it's a, I know it's a lot of like like Throne of Blood is like a is Macbeth. There's a lot of Hidden, Hidden Fortress isn't Shakespeare. Is it not? I know that like he does. He's also I think he's got one. Is it called? Is it Drunken Angel? There's one about a guy. Oh, that, might, that might not be one of these samurai ones. No, it's not a samurai one. It's, yeah. it's more. A, it's more. A, I don't say it's not a kitchen sink drama. It's about a guy. Ah, so it's, it's a, I think that's a sixties mm-hmm. kind of Tokyo film. Yeah, there's a couple of those. Like I've seen like titles, and again, I can't really think of them now. But when I was reading them, I was like, "Holy shit!" All of them sound really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, um, he also did he executive. Well, I know he did Ran, but. He didn't have anything to do with. I can't remember the name of the title of it. It's it's got a really really weird title, but it's like produced by Lucas and Spielberg. It's like oh, I, I know the film you're thinking of. It's like Dreams or something. I, I, it yeah, might be something like that. Man. I, I thought it was like Yurigenaska. I can't. It's got a really fucking weird name, but I'm sure Kurosawa had something to do with it. And Spielberg and Lucas produced. No, but did Spielberg and Lucas produce Ran? I don't know. They, no, they, they didn't produce Ran. Right. They definitely produced right. something of Kurosawa's because again, it was like. He was but you're, you're quite big in your Japanese movies though. Like, uh, you gave us a loan uh, uh, the Mortal Blade and stuff recently as well. Aye. I, I like now that I'm actively trying to learn the language. I want to watch as many movies as I can. And it, I, you're not too averse to watching those kind of films either, though, Tom. Right? I watch pretty much anything, man. Yeah. We should watch Seven Samurai at some point. I started watching Seven Samurai, but it just wasn't the right time of like. I wasn't the right mood. Yeah. So I was like, right, I will leave this and I'll come back to it. I also really want to rewatch uh, Last Samurai as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a guy. A that, I think he's the main. He's the main character, and I think it's Seven Samurai. Can't remember the name of the actor, but yeah. like when I was at home for Christmas, my, my stepdad always goes on about this, and it was one it, years ago. Me and him sat and watched the John Broman film that starred him and Lee Marvin. And it's called Hell in the Pacific. Is it Toshiro Mifune? Yes. Uh, and it's about um, Lee Mar. It's during the Second World War, and Lee Marvin is an American soldier, and Toshiro Mifune is uh, like in the Japanese army, but they're basically stuck on an island and they're trying to torment each other. Um, What's that called? Hell in the Pacific. And I remember. Is- it's again, it's a John Borman film. It's his seventies, early seventies. It's a film called Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid, okay. which I think is a remake of that. Uh, but it's the sci-fi version of it. Okay. I think Lewis Gossett Jr. plays the alien guy. Mm. If I remember correctly. I'll probably I've like now that you've mentioned it as well. I I'll probably give letters from Iwo Jima another another shot. That's a very good. Film. Um, Hell in the Pacific is a re- Hell in the Pacific was a really good movie because we always he always talks about how. Like me and him sat and watched that, and that was like one of his earliest memories of me and him like sitting and like watching a film like that. And it's a John Borman film, so it's it's again early seventies Borman. So what what age were you when your mum 
started seeing that five, right. um, but like I was like not far off. I think it was, I must have been like nine or ten, and we just happened to watch this one night. And through, ah, I don't know, man. It was just pure luck. Right, right, right. His was, earliest memory of you is four years after he knew. No, no, no. One of his earliest memories of me and him watching a film together, right, was that, um. Because he's quite into his films. Uh, we actually, we sat and watched the first Dirty Harry at Christmas, which was nice. Because again, that's, all, that's fucking great movie. Um, it totally is. It's a remake of it. What does uh, it say in the fortune cookie? Well, that's not in the first Dirty Harry. Is it not? Is that no. the second one? No. It's, no? it's in Sudden Impact, which I believe is the fourth one. Uh, and he says, yes. you forgot your fortune cookie. It says, your share, you share of luck. Um, it's Tightrope, the third one, I believe. No. I thought goes, the fourth one was Deadpool. No, no, it goes Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, Sudden Impact, The Deadpool. How good is Magnum is Force no, for the title of a movie? Uh, what is, sorry? I says, how good is uh, Magnum Force for the title of a movie? Magnum Force is actually not a bad sequel. It's not how a bad sequel. Man? Like, I've only had, like, what, two glasses of wine and I'm already feeling it. Is it three? Mm. God. Um, but yeah, Dirty Dur- Dur- Harry's a quality movie. Um just but what I'll wrap up about Helm Civic was it just happened to be that I was in Poundland one day and I saw that for a pound and I got him it for Christmas a couple of years ago and it just still it just still sits there and he always talks about how we should watch it one night. So uh, there it is folks. Tommy Vass gets his Christmas presents in Poundland. I happened to be in Poundland and got my selection boxes and could not believe my luck because Hell in the Pacific is such a and nothing I mean given the fact that it's got Lee Marvin and uh, the actor that I've still I've forgotten his name Toshiro Mizuno yes uh, the fact that it's got those two folk who were big stars at the time but yet no and it's a John Borman film but nobody really talks about it when you think of John Borman you think of Deliverance unfortunately Exorcist 2 and Excalibur you know I've never ever seen The Exorcist 2 it's not and great. I don't feel any desire to ever watch you don't the Exorcist it. movies I mean I've not seen the second one either but like the the kind of more modern one that had the uh, Skarsgård in it was pretty good and like the original it's still it's version of it well there's two versions of that is yeah. it one's got Skarsgård one doesn't one's well, the, one, the one with him oh actually no I think he might be in no they're oh, both yeah, shit. They're, 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 both, they're both got Skarsgård yeah. says one's directed by Paul Re- Schrader Paul Schrader and one's Rennie Harlan yes I would, I'm going to take a guess that it's not the Rennie Harlan one that I'm well, talking about. The Rennie Harlan one's the one that got released in cinema. Is the Paul Schrader Oh no, one was that then? It was a cinema I watched um, the yeah. one with Ren, the, Ren, the one that Paul Schrader did was called Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. Yeah. The that, other that's one, the I, first version of it. That yeah, well. and there was a studio conflict of interest so they um, they decided to make another one. Uh, right. well, Rennie, the same, but that, that movie was alright and the original actually still holds up I think yeah I, I think the third one's alright the third one is actually really good it's batshit crazy and it's directed by the original author William yeah. Peter Blatty who did a film fuck did he do the seven sign yes that's the film is that the one that's set in a castle I need to double check that one because I remember. I vaguely remember that being a Denzel Miller film. <laughs> mm, okay. I mean, I was thinking of Johnny Depp, but I think that's the Ninth Gate. That is the Ninth Gate. That's a Roman It's also not movie. the Sixth Seal. <laughs> okay. No, that's the Seventh Seal. Yeah. The Seventh Seal. The Seventh Seal. That's a good movie. Oh yeah, that, that is a good movie. Again, I'm ashamed to say that's the only Ingmar Bergman film I've seen, but it's very, very good. I remember watching that in the GFT mm-hmm. and uh, coming away from it thinking that like 
the the script for that felt like it was decades ahead of its time. Yeah, it is. But Seven Sign was directed by Carl Schultz, so it wasn't that film. Well, um, yeah, I am not as high on the original Exorcist. I remember watching it and being underwhelmed. Um, but I, when did when did you watch it though? I remember watching that when I was going through like a pretty like decent horror phase, like in my teens, because this was like regarded as one of not only a great horror movie but one of the greatest movies. That's it. I think is this the Dominion thing? Yep, that's it. Yeah. I could have just read that out to you. I was trying to do that while you were still okay. telling your story. Uh, but... Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I watched that when I was like, I just remember being really underwhelmed because it's seen as one of the greatest movies ever made. And again, like Mark Kermode's probably his, great, his best movie and whatnot. And it's, I just thought it was extremely underwhelming. Then I watched it again. I'm like, right, I can understand this isn't just a horror movie, but I'm still underwhelmed yeah. by what they're talking about here. Well, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I saw that at a relatively early age when horror movies to me were still Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the mm. 13th kind of gore films mm. slashers yeah so I was kind of underwhelmed by oh is this it is this I thought people were like fainting and being sick and having been yeah. rushed to hospital and stuff yeah. and you'd have like mom and dad going hi when this came out this was my mum said the same thing the be all and end all of yeah. horror films it was like super but controversial I, and nearly got an x-ray yeah. and all that and I was like well, I've, I've grown to appreciate it as a film now yeah. And I say I enjoy it more as a psychological, because it's a psychological horror. Yeah, and I mean, and it's as much about, um, like Damien Carras losing his faith, uh-huh. and that it's it's not really as much of a horror film. No, it's more like the fact that this lassie's possessed is almost the MacGuffin of the film. It's yeah. not really about that, uh, and I get that. Speaking of which, uh, we talk about psychological horror. Did you watch Doctor Sleep? Uh, yes, I did watch Doctor Sleep. What do you think of that? Um, it was. Okay, it was never going to be as good as The Shining. It never was. It is. It feels more like a Stephen King adaptation, uh, and it's from the guy that did The Haunting of Hill House and Gerald's Game, which were both Netflix produced. Scenes. I didn't realize that Haunting of Hill House was a remake of like a fucking black and white TV effort. No, it's, it's, well, it's based on the book that that film is yeah. based yeah, on. But it's the director of that, and you can tell. Uh, it, it feels like a Netflix it movie. feels like a Netflix film it's 45 minutes too long yeah. it's two and a half hours it's like although two... weirdly enough I, I watched that with uh, my friend Claire Bell who currently lives in Japan um, you went in Japan it wasn't that beautiful and uh, like she'd read the book and stuff and she says there's a lot which has still been missed out and it was stuff which when we were talking about it then that I thought would have brought a lot more clarity to the story and stuff that I felt was missing and could have done with in terms of the narrative. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. What I like about it is it's not a straight-up remake. Um, it takes the story in a different version. It feels more like a superhero movie. What, yeah, I, will say, does. what I will say about it is, though, is when Danny Torrance is having flashbacks, it's not... I don't know why they didn't use the original footage from The Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's not Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson, and that's extremely jarring. Well, is it I not? I like, imagine that's a rights issue. But not is it not also a case of they did claim that this was a sequel to the book, the book and they tried well, to discredit the movie. No, no, because see when Danny Torrance is actually having flashbacks, it's actual scenes from the Kubrick movie. It's just not Shelley Duvall 
and uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. There's a bit where Danny Torrance goes up to the bar the same way his father did. And Aye, those, those scenes still happen in the book. Though. But they, like, they yeah. do, but it's the exact same yeah, yeah. aesthetic. I mean, but, yeah. but even like uh, but, they, they, they did say that they were trying to distance themselves from the movie. But even all the marketing shit, like the posters and stuff, were so reliant yeah. on visuals. Yeah. 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 Stuff. The actual Hugh McGregor looks like he's peeing through yeah. the door. You uh, McGregor again was he was all right. Yeah, he's fine. He, he, he was did. The problem is never really had a lot to work with. No, Rebecca Ferguson steals it because she's having the time of her life, uh, and uh, that whole. And I'll say this is again again. Queeflick. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, she is. What I'll say about again because it chapter two was this year as well. Oh god, that, that was this year as well. Man. But what I'll say about both these oh, Stephen King adaptations Oz was this year as well. Yeah, Oz was fucking terrible. Shit. Quite a bad year for horror, I What I mean, it? people loved us though. Yeah, but they were idiots. Yeah. I, I, I and you don't appreciate art. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if any time Jordan Peele announces he's doing a horror film, it will be immediately lumped. Yeah, he's that director now. What I'll say, uh, what I was going to say about like The Shining, uh, sorry, um, Doctor Sleep, uh, and it was it did something that Hollywood movies, Hollywood horror movies, don't do. Which I kind of appreciate, and that is they're not afraid to show children being killed. Because in Hit Chapter 2, the most interesting parts were you were seeing fucking kids getting slain because it was genuinely horrific. In- I think as a society, they've now reached a point where there's so many school shootings in America that people are desensitised enough to it. I, I mean, that again, you, used you can to, now put that into film. Yeah, you used to get kids being fucking mauled all the time on movies. And in, in uh, Doctor Sleep, at one point, they capture a child and the child's like, are you going to kill me? And Rebecca Ferguson, with a smile on her face, yes, slowly. And I was like, holy fuck. Fair enough you don't see them like fucking ripping it from limb to limb, but you get the idea. And I was like, that alone, I think... Is, it, is advancing the fact that we shouldn't that we like Neil says not be so sensitive about it because I mean a horror film or I don't think that's film. the takeaway Neil was trying to get from that no that's not no. what I was saying about that Tommy like Vass. he was not saying that we should care less about children no I'm, more saying. I'm saying like see if you make a film because again see when you make like normally like you get like a lot of Korean horrors and foreign horror movies where even not even just horror movies. Look at Guillermo del Toro's movies, where it's like you know we we'll, we'll show uh, kids fuck. get put through the ringer. Yeah. yeah, and I think that like when you seen that in it, Chapter Two and in Doctor Sleep, it was refreshing to see that an American studio, uh, two big American studio movies, were not afraid to kind of play that put to throw their cards on the table like that yeah. because because so, it's not because it is now a grim reality in America that can be can be. Yeah. Swept under a rug, but see, kids it, get fucked up in but, real life. Yeah, but so see, like Rebecca Ferguson, make films that yeah, reflect but, real life. But it adds, like, like Rebecca Ferguson's cult in uh, Doctor Sleep. I think it, it adds to the fact of them being uh, villains. The same as like in it, Chapter Two, Pennywise is a villain, but it adds something to it. Adds something horrific to his repertoire as a as a villain in that film to show that, as well as being a killer, like he is, he didn't give a fuck who he kills. Same as in Rebecca, with Rebecca Ferguson's cult, and they're looking for you know to suck the shining out of people. They don't give a fuck who it is. Could be a kid, a guy, a girl, an adult, whatever. And I'm like, man, I kind of like that horror See, American I, horror films are kind of not afraid to show that. Yeah, yeah. I get a different kind. I have a slightly different take on that. Is it? Yes, I think it's good that American horror films are not afraid to show that. But 
in the case of Pennywise, I always find that a wee bit kind of it weakens that character for me a wee bit because certainly with just that chapter one, uh, because it shows that all he's doing is preying on what the weakest and most but vulnerable of that society. One thing that he does do, I mean, he kills Georgie in the first one, but I don't, I, I kind of again, I don't have a problem with that. I kind of like the fact that in it chapter two, even as adults, <clears throat> the trauma of Pennywise is still there. That even as adults. And it takes them a long, a, a good two hours forty, to discover how to kill him, which is bully him. And I was like, yeah. I was like, man, the best, yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, man, I was like, holy fuck, because like, I, I kind of like that the this childhood trauma is still minute, continuing wait as an actor. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The takeaway from it, chapter two, is that bullying is good. Well, what they do is they don't recognise him as an entity, so they bully him to yeah. death. Bullying beats interdimensional demons. Spider demons. I mean, I guess, like, if you're dealing with fucking abstract, unorthodox entities, I could see using out your tactics, but, like, is that a message you really want to give to the outside world? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a message that a lot of people see on the television every day. But the, the problem with Pennywise... Yeah. yeah, but the problem with Pennywise is... Again, he gets beaten the same way you beat Freddy Krueger. You just don't recognise him as a... Because Freddy Krueger is essentially fear. Or David yeah. Bowie in Labyrinth. You have no power over me. There you go. It's like, if you don't recognise that as a fear or a trauma... I mean, that's how Nancy beats Freddy in the first movie. And subsequently, is how Freddy's downfall happens in a lot of the other films. Is you don't recognise him as an entity. And he never goes away. Well, he gets forgotten about, but then I comes that's back. also how Jimmy Savile was beaten. <laughs> They tried to report Freddy Krueger, but they thought he was crazy because how can a dream monster be a thing? Whereas Jimmy Savile was a real monster <laughs> and protected by a lot of fucking rich Tories. <laughs> I wonder if I'm using Jeffrey Epstein black book. Man, you, you really are punting that one. Um, that is one of my favourite memes of this year, though. I really enjoy a good Jeffrey like the, Epstein meme. The one that's like a, a word search where Epstein didn't kill himself is in the word search. Yeah. And that guy that said it live on telly, that was he a fireman or something like that? Some, some guy just was like, yeah, this, that, and other on Jeffrey, and also Epstein right. killed himself. Was like, I just hope that, like, something actually comes to this and it's not just a Nothing will ever come of it. That's it's terrible. Because I mean, apart from the people who the means of it, everybody's forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. It's The news cycle just kills stories dead. It's ridiculous that, like, I, I mean, I don't know if it's most of the planet, right? But, like, a fair number of people accept the idea that he was killed to protect paedophiles and we're not going to do anything about it. That to me seems insane. Yeah. But Just unless you've got actual physical evidence, what can you do? I guess, I guess. It's this year's dicks out for Harambe. Well, we live in a society where this, a sitting president of the United States... Let's not go into it. There's no point in getting into that. Oh, okay. We all agree. The world shit. We all know. Yeah. The world. The world around us is burning. Yeah. Oof. What Sweet. we're gonna do about it? You should have said it close to the road in that one just now. Yeah. yeah. The wine's flowing, Tom. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, is, is that just coke or is that cracking? Um, that is uh, Captain Morgan's. Okay. Um. So where were we? Oh, the world's burning. Um. So literally, in, yeah, in oh, Australia's you know, case, we're talking about hotter. Um. I actually, I don't know if it's my favourite horror of the year, but I really liked um, the hide and seek one. Already or not? Uh, I thought it was great. 
Do you know? Really like, fun. As much as, as much as it didn't hit with me as, as to the level I kind of wanted it to, you're correct that that is probably the best horror film we've seen this year. Yeah, I'm trying to think of sorry good horror that I've seen this year, and it like you said it has been a shit year for it. Yeah, it's been really. I don't good. feel like there's even been that much bad horror. And there's been a lot of just the, the, the fucking Pet Cemetery remake, Hereditary sequel, uh, Midsummer, Midsummer again is a film which I have, I have read issues like, with, yeah. but I still think it's a really good film. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm so conflicted with Midsummer because yeah. Hereditary was one of if is one of the best movies of last year, mm. and how Tony Collette wasn't nominated for an Oscar is a fucking shambles. Midsummer, I went in with a lot of high expectations. Watching the trailer, I was like, okay, it's obvious that, you know, the, the Wicker Man, that is a big influence in this, that, and there. And then, and again, that's a movie that's far too long. It's half an hour too long. Yeah. And come the end of it, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of disappointed in this. But as an American horror movie, it is head and shoulders above everything else. It's that Ari Aster is absolutely the new face he should be kind of crowned the new face of American horror because he's the only person that's doing stuff that I would say I mean Wicker Man sorry Wicker Man Midsummer was disappointing but in terms of mainstream horror it's going in the right direction yeah was whereas Jordan Peele's Us is not was the remake of Suspiria this year that was last year and before that was that was guff (laughs) it was uh, Dakota Dakota Johnson. Tilda Swinton is good in it. Tilda Swinton Swinton being Tilda Swinton. It's how I imagine Tilda Swinton goes down as now. Yeah. Tilda Swinton for me is, I don't want to say the more acceptable Helena Bonham Carter, but it's very much. Here's a weird, quirky thing. Do you want to do it? I like Helena Bonham Carter, but it's just. When you're in every Tim Burton movie and you, well, I mean, I'm starting to wonder is her and Johnny Depp the same person? But when, when she's in every Tim Burton movie, you kind of got to wonder, like, I mean, you're in a bit of a comfort zone here. Whereas Tilda Swinton, I think, varies a lot of her projects. Yeah. Uh, she plays a bit. She plays it a bit weird in a lot of it, but it's it's a like she's different. Like in Avengers Endgame or even Doctor Sleep. Doctor Strange. Got, sorry, Doctor Strange. You've got that, and then you've got like her fucking role in Snowpiercer, which yeah. is bizarre, but great. Uh, and I haven't seen that vampire movie that she did with Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, yeah. apparently that's really only good. Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, so this uh, is Only Lovers Left Alive. At the yeah, like... but she. But and then you Suspiria. You're like, yeah, you you're really the only kind of interesting thing about this, except the very last scene. But that is not enough to save the movie. Is there any other big films that we haven't mentioned so far? That we've seen this year? From the past couple of months that we've not uh, spoken about. past couple of months? Um, maybe life, to be honest. I'm not too sure. Uh, I'll consult the list. You watch Dolomite is my name. Dolomite, yep. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I, it is, it's great to see Eddie Murphy doing a grown-up movie oh, that. that is actually really good. And by really good, it's just this little film that is... It's I, I it's just that it's a gem of a film. It's really funny, it's really heartwarming, it's it's about, you know, somebody like, you know, a a no good like I don't want to say no good guy, but a guy with full of ambition that wants to make it no matter what. 
and he's generally a really likable person mm-hmm. and it was just refreshing to see Eddie Murphy show us that little spark of what we used to get in the movie like you're coming to America you're Beverly Hills Cop things like that you know uh, and I, I hope that he continues on that path in terms of making decent adult comedies he, and not shit like Meet Dave. He hosted the last S- SNL of the, of the season. I heard and that. He made a couple of pretty decent sketches. It seemed to be on. He wouldn't have had a hand in writing that though. It was just pretty Dolomite. No, the SNL stuff. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah. Have, they'll, they'll have given him a desk and let him go. <laughs> um, he signed a multi-million dollar deal because like, Dolomite is my name is a Netflix produced effort and he signed like a multi-million dollar deal with him. I think he's going to have like a, <laughs> a new stand-up. That, that's a, a joke he makes in his opening monologue because he's joined on stage by Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Oh, cool. And he says this is two thirds of Netflix annual budget standing right here. <laughs> that is pretty good. Uh, it's true. Uh, <laughs> also, last thing I'll talk about uh, that I can think of so far anyway is a Expanse season four right. continues to be some of the best sci-fi TV I mean, going. I, I want to get into that. I, I've watched you watch it. Right? See, it's I think it really looks cheap. Fucking, it, no, it does. It does look kind of cheap, and it, it took me a while to get into it, but it's it's actually really fucking solid. Everyone I've spoke to, Lee, Lee is really always saying, "Man, you need to watch this. It is the best sci-fi on yeah. telly." Absolutely. 100%. Oh, actually, did you have uh, Star Trek Discovery? Two this year. It was it was alright. Like it, it was better than season one. Um, that wouldn't be fucking hard. They they actually kind of made it feel a bit like sci-fi, like Star Trek even, but it still wasn't anywhere near as kind of impactful or I don't know. It's just, it was alright. Yeah. Oh, I I also watched this is on Netflix as well. Uh, Jonah Hill's uh, directorial debut, mid nineties. It's very good. What was the thing with Jimmy Emma Stone? Oh, that's uh, Maniac. That's yeah. the, the Netflix Netflix show. Uh, I know. Oh yeah, um, I watched Motherless Brooklyn not long ago. Uh, I didn't really. Fa- I said I'm going to ask you one question, which isn't really a spoiler now. Anyway, there's at one point in the trailer that I thought that Edward Norton was portraying his character as having a stutter. He's got Tourette's. Oh, he's got Tourette's. Right. Okay. Um, so that the, is the thing. The, the film is based on a book that's not that old, but he chose aesthetically to set it in the 50s because he wanted a more noir look to it. Right, and yeah. I thought that that was excellent um, because uh, I thought the production design looked fantastic. The like uh, New York looked great. It totally puts the, the, the jazz, I think it was Daniel Pemberton. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. He did, Someone that, I can't remember who it was, but the jazz soundtrack is fantastic. It totally puts you in that noir detective world where uh, it's in color as well but even the shots of like brooklyn at night time the the lights uh, the the club everything the atmosphere is all great um and again as a detective story i thought yeah it was actually really good the plot is uh, bruce willis owns a private a, a detective agency um Bobby Cannaville is in it and so is Edward Norton and a few other heads and Bruce Willis is killed uh, but they don't know why and it's about Ed Norton trying to work it out and it is kind of goes around that kind of classic noir detective story Um, it doesn't do a lot of new but it, a, a lot of things new like when his knives out I thought kind of flipped it for the whole whodunit thing this more embraces the genre and it gives you kind of the atmosphere you want from that kind of film so I thought it was actually really good. Uh, I thought Ed Norton was good in it, um, but overall, it's it just kind of came and went. 
<laughs> That's us approaching the two hour mark. Right. I'm, I'm just kind of going through the films that we may or may uh, I watched season two of Jack Ryan on Amazon. Uh, Is that good? I've heard it's, it's great. It's all right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much what you would expect from that kind of show based on those characters. Uh, it's set in. Sorry. It kind of take, no. it takes a lot of its uh, its themes from the current situation in Venezuela. Is that the uh, is it Clive fucking Clive? I want to say Barker. I don't know that's right though. No, Clive Barker did Hellraiser. Your uh, Clancy, Tom Clancy. Tom no, Clancy. No, no, no. Is it Tom Clancy? Tom Clancy. You yeah. think that Clive Custler? Clive Custler. Yeah, John Krasinski is Jack Ryan in yeah. this, and uh, Bunk from the um, the Wire is uh, his superior. Is that right? Yeah. So sorry. It's yeah, it's alright. It's it's uh do you like do you like the Jack Ryan stuff that's been before it? Yeah. Do you like Bourne films? Yeah. Do you like your your uh, Do you like John Krasinski? Do you like yes. John Krasinski? Do you like, do you like your storylines being written as if they've got kind of fifth year modern studies kind of politics behind it? Do you know what I did like? Tom Clancy's portrayal in that a Oh, what was that book? Oh, that film, the one with the uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. That yeah, was yeah. a brilliant film, actually. Yeah. Like his kind of his cameo in it was uh, really good. Um, Did you see that with me? <clears throat> yeah. What the fuck was that called? Because uh, that was the last thing Richard D. Grant was in before Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Oh, what the uh, fuck was the name of that? Oh, is that the one where she's an author, but she's yeah, no, she's, she's a con artist. She plays Lee Israel, who yeah. is an author, but she became a con artist. I missed that film, unfortunately. What was that called? That was a good movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Mm. Like that and her appearances in SNL were the two things that changed my opinion on those. Yeah. Um, other, I'll tell you what the best horror film of the year was. Neil, Crawl. Crawl was a very enjoyable night. I think great. you will find that the best horror film of 2019 was The News. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Rambo Last Blood was horrific. Yeah, oh, God! Uh, we spoke about that on the show, right? Yeah, we've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. that. that was, uh, I uh, still think about that kind of closing scene hmm. on a semi-regular basis. What was the closing scene? Where it, he's get, he gets... Oh, yeah, he goes, he's got him pinned up, he's fired arrows into him, so he's like prostrate like Jesus and he goes thanks to his big knife he says I'm going to cut you from here to here and then he just does it and then mm-hmm. takes his heart out and squeezes it in his hand yeah, man. and it's like alright okay applause maybe yeah but <laughs> yeah. the rest of that film is utter very, garbage very disappointing uh, I find that scene where that lassie dies now I'm over yeah. I, I thought that was one of the better bits in that I, I agree with that yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Ad Astra. Ad Astra. Are you film. fucking joking? That was terrible. It was stupid as shit. I really enjoyed Ad Astra. I, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, I thought I, I thought that is what the film that Brad Pitt should be getting all the hype about, and not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, well, I, oh, I didn't see yeah, that, that film, crap, but Ad Astra was pretty fucking terrible. That was a bad movie. I disagree. Is do you think it's a bad movie because you were expecting? kind of good sci-fi no I mean like it's terrible on the sci-fi front 100% but like I, I don't know man that sort of movie for me is usually a shortcut to just me like liking it and forgiving right. its faults like I just felt that it had a few good ideas but it was mixed in with so much fucking nonsense and I, bullshit I, I and then especially towards the third act like I'm so sick of so many different types of media 
like deciding that Heart of Darkness or Apocalypse Now mm. is like the be all and end all when it comes to storytelling and just doing that. And like this was just Apocalypse Now in space, but worse. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You know what those bonkers film of the year that me and Neil watched in Fabrique? Yeah, because Mum and Dad was the year before, wasn't it? Goal stress. And oh, fabric, man. Uh, Marvel's, uh, apart from um, Endgame, it's Spider-Man Cap- Far From Home. Was Captain Marvel not last year as well? No, it was last year. Was. I'll double check. That might have been February. Uh, Spider-Man no, Far From Home. I'm sure that came out before. No, you're right. Endgame? You're right. Yeah. I think Endgame was... was like April yeah. and Captain Marvel was like February. Spider-Man was July. Uh, Far From Home was a fine fine uh, entry yeah. it was it was alright uh, it had good aspects to it like the the whole idea that there was like a, a group of people behind the scenes mm-hmm. who were a uh, unhappy with the way Tony Stark left things was was pretty cool um, they managed to make Mysterio not lame yeah yeah it's like how do you make that villain yeah. work and they did and that very last bit with J. Jonah Jameson was mm-hmm. great uh, other films one of if not no not one of absolutely the worst X-Men movie Dark Phoenix oh, no Last Stand is way worse than that I disagree da- I, I think da- like Dark, Dark Phoenix, Phoenix is Dark Phoenix is definitely horror. the worst of the, it, of the it's got a lot of problems canon. but again coming to subvert expectations I think like it did a lot of things that I appreciate in the narrative where it wasn't just like run of the mill uh, predictable start to finish. Uh, it had like a lot of conflicting interests. I it had like Sophie really decent Turner scenes. Is shite as was it Jessica Chastain? I think was like a weak villain. She was useless. Yeah, uh, I thought everyone in it looked bad. Everyone just looked bored. Yes, I think that Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy did a good job in that movie. I think Fassbender phoned it the fucking, mm. and he has done since Apocalypse. Uh, but there was. At, Actually, see when we say that In Fabric was one of the worst films we saw. No, no, I thought it was the most bonkers film. Right, bonkers. Also, right, aye, bonkers was the right one. Possibly up there with it as most bonkers film we saw this year was uh, Serenity, which came out in January. Oh, man. Was that the fucking Michael McConaughey? Man. Matthew Matthew McConaughey. An absolute masterpiece of a film. Tour de force. Oh, my God. (laughs) That twist at the end. It just... is like, Has oh, it been long enough now that we can talk about fuck this? Fuck, we can talk about I think, it. I think, did we not talk about it like yeah. week? From what I remember you talking about it, it's like the whole thing ends up where he was... It's a computer game. Yeah, like he was like a kid's dad who died. He was a kid's and dad. And the kid made a video game with him in it. Yeah. And you because, are watching... Because, it, yeah. because the, kid's, the kid's mother's new boyfriend is, is, abuse, is abusive and the whole thing is that he murders the abusive Boyfriend. In the game though, not no, in, no, real life, in real right. life. That's how that ends. But he's murdered yeah, them. Yeah, but how he copes with everything before that is he believes he's in that game with his dad. Fuck me, that was a weird that's film. A, oh, uh, that was. Do you know Great. that that was a film where I kind of fell in love with Anne Hathaway. But I, I like Anne Hathaway in general. I think but, she's really decent in a lot of stuff. But in that, she just she chews scenery. To the level of fucking Tommy Lee Jones and Anthony Batman Hawkins. forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, brilliantly. Absolutely. Speaking of which, did you watch The Two Popes? Nah, no, yeah. Not yet. We, we started watching it, but it seemed a bit heavy. Mm. Um, the system. No, that was last year. Uh, Out of Blue. That was an interesting I, movie. I never got was, to see it. I heard it was, was pretty good. Uh, it was really, really weird. It, 
was. I'm trying to think who was. Let me see. What did I say? Are Fantastic you Clark's are you looking at a list of every movie that was released? Films I watched. Right. Um. But yeah. Um. Out of Blue was a really kind of surreal detective movie that kind of. It combined a detective story with like astrophysics. This was. It was like a female protagonist, right? Yeah. Who was it? It's um Tammy One. Right. From Parks and Rec. Yeah, I can't remember her fucking name, but she was great at it. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to offer you the name. I didn't watch that, but you did I, recommend it yeah, at the time. I, it, was a, it was a strange effort. Do you know what the most, one of the most boring films of this year? The White Crow. Ray Fiennes directs a ballet, yeah, a ballet movie, that. and it was fucking boring. Um... Captain Marvel was this year, which was again. When was it? When was? Uh, uh, just April. April. It was April. April. No, it was March. It was March. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, Cold Pursuit was uh, the Liam Neeson effort where, you know, he got a snowplow and went about doing his thing. I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah, Shazam. Shazam. Shazam was disappointing. But I liked it. I, I, I had zero expectations, so I enjoyed it more than I thought. I, I will say that I had the hands, lightning from my hands, bit stuck in my head for yeah. weeks after watching uh, it. I, another film I really enjoyed this year was Boy Erased. And it was about, that was one that was Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman. And uh, oh shit, what's his name? Okay, uh, Lucas Hedge. And it's about the boy who is sent to pray the gay away at a camp. Right. It was actually excellent. Um, is that based on like a true event? Sort of, or? No, man, gay people are real. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll tell you what your favourite film, well, one of your favourite films this year was. And it I'll was tell really you good. what your favourite film mean, is. Green Book. That was this year. No, I mean, that was good, but like, that wasn't. You thought, I remember you were gushing after it, that. No, film. it was it was really good. Like, I think, like. Green Book? Yeah. As in the. The Viggo Mortensen and a. That was last I'm not year. Gonna, like, hold year. on, man. I'm going to attempt his name. I'm going to get it wrong. I apologise in advance. Mm-hmm. His name is. Is it got like Sharmali in the title? It sounds like that. What is it? Mashar Ali. Mashar Ali. Mashar Ali, who was also in True Detective season three. He is a fucking amazing actor. And will be played. Okay, I mean, like Wesley Snipes will always be played, but okay. It was just, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. Seeing Green him Book and was really good, and like twenty nineteen has been a fucking dismal year for real life politics, and I think like well, a movie that's about. Like, disparate people kind of having a mutual understanding, I think, is something this year needed. Like, I appreciated it at the time mm. because I remember when that film came out, a lot of bullshit had happened around about that in real life. Well, Green I Book appreciated was, that movie, but like, I, it's not. It's a good I film. Yeah, really, it's a good film, but yeah, it's not I, like. I really enjoyed it, and like, a lot of folk were like, oh, I didn't deserve it. It shouldn't have got Best Picture. I says, it's, it ticks, I know, it, I know our mate it, Jason. It ticks every box in terms of what a Hollywood yeah. movie gets. But, but that's, that's thing, like, I, I think like a uh, Jason Mann, friend of the show, yeah. Mogomania, uh, he he did have the complaint that like I, I think he he thought a lot of the the kind of critical acclaim that it got was purely because it was dealing with like race issues in like the most ham fisted manner. I thought it was and more it, it because Viggo Morrison fit, fit, fitted a whole pizza in his mouth. I mean that was great. That, that I just Tommy, left it. You could fit a whole piece in your mouth. I've seen you eat. After that film, I just wanted a KFC. <laughs> Remember me and you were actually the same screen, and we didn't yeah, realize yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the favorite was I that. Think, like you, you knew I was there because you saw me walking by you. I did. I seen you walking uh, by me. 
but then like I knew you were there because you laughed at a bit that no one else laughed at. Yeah. Uh, Holmes and Watson was terrible. Oh, I tried Watson. I didn't that, that was the uh, John C. Reilly. Uh, welcome to Marwin. I didn't mind. That wasn't you a fan of it. That wasn't fucking a. What's his face? Was Will Ferrell. Was it? Will yeah. Ferrell and John C. Reilly. Yeah. That was terrible. Welcome, Marwin. You weren't too enamoured with it. Which I... was the Steve Carell effort. Aye. I thought that he was entirely unlikable and that movie tries to get you to sympathise with him and he's a fucking creep. I, I, th- I actually enjoyed it. I thought Zemeckis did really well with it. Uh, Vice was also a great movie. Vice, Vice was, was excellent. excellent. Yeah. Again, completely thought it was about drugs and shit like that. Did not realise that it was about the vice president until it started. Yeah, and Bale was good in it. Like everyone was good. Yeah. In it. That was a good. That was um, a good movie. Man. Adam McKay continues to um, expand his kind of uh, career. It, it, as you know, he just he did like Step Brothers, Talladega yeah. Nights, and then he came away with the Big Short, and now Vice. I'm like, hey man, that, that, that was one of those nice movies where the, I knew the, nothing about it beforehand. It just came out of nowhere. The, the false finish in that film was fucking yeah, awesome. It's probably one of the best movie film moments of the year. Again, Adam McKay coming from comedy just yeah. he, he did so well with that uh, the sisters brothers was fine which was the western I, the western was it not western 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 it's how people from closer to Edinburgh pronounce western right uh, I, the sisters brothers was fine it was him Who and was John C. Riley. who's uh, him Joaquin Phoenix right um, it was f- and Jake uh, Gyllenhaal's in it as well. It was fine. Oh, also, I've, I've drank Hunters of Wine. Shut up, you! I've watched that pure gas Jake Gyllenhaal film that Netflix put out called Velvet Buzzsaw. Apparently, that shite. It was awful. Was that not a couple of years old? No, no it was, it was like, I think it was this it was year. Like February I'm, I'm like kind of disappointed that because it's um, it's it's a guy did night uh, Nightcrawler. Aye, it's Dan Gilroy, yeah. Tony, got, well, co-writer of the Bourne movies and. Nightcrawl was a great movie, yeah. and they're like Velvet Buzzsaw shit. It was like, so oh. bad. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home was out this year as well. Oh, which that was, was gassing all. Yeah. Uh, they re-released Jaws in cinemas, which may be the best movie of the year. I watched a lot of Jaws. <laughs> the the mayor's uh, suit with the anchors all over it, yeah. the main's one of the best pieces and of fashion in TV. Murray Hamilton wears in that yeah. film is amazing. Also, <laughs> fucking uh, big props, mad props to the part where... Uh, he downs the pint of wine, which also has whiskey in it, which I didn't realise until yeah, the, yeah. the most recent. Do you know, I actually think my best experience of watching that in the cinema this year uh, was, I think it was the time that we'd seen it the couple of days before, then we went again with you. Mm. It was the woman, the woman behind, behind us, us who'd never seen it. Who'd never yeah, seen yeah. it and was getting scared at all yeah, the yeah. moments. That, was, that, that was movie good. is fucking great though, yeah. man. Like It's really good. It's, it's really good. It, it's Spielberg's first huge movie, or sorry, it's his first cinematic release, and it's still, in my opinion, his best. Yeah, it's like that best. might be up there as one of the best films I've ever made. Though, oh, right? without, without question, say, yeah. without yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other film, uh, another horror film we've seen, I think, was Scary Stories We Tell in the Dark. Yeah, that was really disappointing. Was... I, I I thought it was alright as as an anthology little horror series. I thought it was fine. It just it, was, it had no real bite to it. The problem was it was one of the many films of this year where it featured some fucking guy as Gollum. Oh God, There's always was... some fucking like it chapter two had it, yeah. that had it, and something else like why was the, the fuck is the, the, the go to monster is Gollum? Yeah. What was the horror thing with Martin Freeman? Was it that Ghost, was last year's Ghost, that was Ghost, uh, Ghost Stories, which I enjoyed as well. Was that it for uh, releases from this year? 
I'm getting I've, to the point where I'm finding it amazingly hard to concentrate because of a combination well, of tiredness and wine. Let's, uh, well, let's. I mean, I think we, we kind of, I kind of, we went through that list. We surpassed two hours. Yeah. What are you looking forward to next year? Uh, Parasite. Just Parasite. Uh, Parasite. Um, that tenant looks fucking good. Parasite. Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen is that's I if it's the only time where I'm like. That is an IMAX effort. There was something else. There was another trailer um, for a film. I know. Uh, oh, Black Widow. Looks great. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. Um, Neil won't give a fuck, but I quite like the Bond trailer. <laughs> something something else came on for a trailer before. Oh, uh, Skywalker. I thought, like, man, that looks good. Actually, I don't know if it's no, this I year. No, I can't think what it is. Is it, is it next year we're getting June? That, that no, can't I come soon enough. Year after. The thing is, though, that, that they've, wrapped, they, they, they've wrapped principal photography so surely the edit I would, ima- I would imagine there'd be a lot of visual do you know my, my main worry about June like I've no doubt that this film will be good right Denny Villeneuve yeah. can do no wrong he's gonna he's gonna nail this movie and I'm hoping it is the entire book in one film right nope it's getting split into two films right so it'll be up until the point where they crash in the desert then no, after that yeah. but like I really hope that he sticks December he sticks with those <laughs> movies Fuck. until at least God Emperor of June. No, but that does. Like I don't, I don't want it to up be. To him, mate. That's up to audiences. The audiences don't give a fuck about see, it. If this comes I, out, I honestly think audiences will not give a. Fuck I think about June. That. If this comes out and it's just a two-parter, that's a fucking. I mean, that's like June. The original June is a great science fiction mm-hmm. novel. Yeah. But like God Emperor of June is my favorite book I've ever read. No, but that's what I'm saying, man. It, it depends on audiences, and I hope this doesn't happen. I think this is gonna this is gonna be another Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's too it's quote unquote too smart for audiences, and that's what's gonna happen. And I really hope it doesn't uh, crash and burn. The problem that it had was when I was like oh, June, it's, it's kind of like Game Game of Thrones in space. But saying Game of Thrones right now is a bad because yeah, yeah, again, that this year, and we all were fucking yeah. after a decade of that, got mega disappointed at the end. So it wasn't a decade, was it? It's fucking close to it. Like we was it not five no, years? Was it not like a year? A season year? Over about nine, yeah. eight, nine years. Because there was a big gap between a couple of seasons. Yep. Because that's like when folks started actually becoming stars and shit, and they were wanting to do stuff. Because remember, before uh, Dark Fate, you had Genesis when uh, Daenerys yeah, decided yeah, to be yeah. Sarah Connor. Unconvinced. I think you never went to see that last. Emilia Clark is that who? Who the fuck wants the? Well, I say who the fuck. I know exactly the audience who want to watch that. Yeah. I watch couldn't one? give a last fuck. Uh, and from what I heard of it, folk were like, "It's." Fucking shit, but it makes you feel all happy and gooey inside. And I'm like, do you know what's what wrong film, with that? Do you know what film's good at doing that and is a good film? Hold on. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, sorry, hold on. There are several films that do that, but in terms of Christmas time, Gremlins. I mean, for me, it's a it's a wonderful life. No, that Bill Murray Christmas special Scrooge. thing, man. Like I like watching that. Scrooge did good, eh? It's a good one for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, Scrooge is a great. I've movie. watched that Bill Murray Christmas special thing every year since. Oh it came no, out. the thing on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, right, no, okay. like a lot of people were disappointed that Cross, really Cross a thing yeah. you nail people to. <laughs> uh, Scrooge is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I would say Plane Shares and Automobiles. That's a fucking great movie, mm-hmm. man. Uh, oh, uh, I like the trailer for Ghostbusters. Can I want it, do you know what, man? We should do an episode <laughs> of uh, Raptors in the Kitchen where it's just titled That's a Fucking Great Movie and it's just Tommy Vasco and that's a fucking great movie. It is a fucking great movie. Right, here's, yeah, a, well, here's I, a question. I, 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 Tommy, man. Tommy, man. Paul W.S. Anderson's version of Mortal Kombat. Oh, man. I mean, that's... 
it's not a fucking great movie, but it's a it's a hell it's a hella entertaining movie. Right, Die Hard One. Die Hard One is a fucking great movie. It's a Terminator classic. Two. Terminator Two uh, or My Childhood. A fucking great movie, man. A fucking great. Blues childhood. Brothers. Blues Brothers. Oh, classic. Jaws of Revenge. Uh, I mean, it's the it's the best Star Wars shark crossover you'll ever see. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Nobody gets nobody gets chimped. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Sorry, it's a no. I retract that. A film about songs and pies and boring. Um, the best pies boring. in London. Yeah, it was boring as fuck. Yeah. I remember. I still remember sitting next to you with our then girlfriends saying, "They were different girlfriends. They weren't dating the same person." Oh come on. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I remember saying to you, "This is boring." You went, "Wait, somebody might get chid," and nobody got chid. and nobody got chid. I was like, "I can't believe I actually thought about leaving this to watch Alien versus Predator." We right should have, yeah. Which I, we, like, was all right. That bit in the nursery was something else. I'm a big Dexter do Alien versus Predator two. Requiem. All I remember about Alien versus Predator two is that you couldn't see anything because it was too dark maybe understood what lighting was there's a bit where one of the aliens gets in a natal ward yeah. and murders about 20 babies forces a nurse up against the wall and like rams a bunch of eggs in her throat which yeah. is quite fucking horrific so for some so they're staying with the aliens about rape vibe pretty much but like it's going places and then like it does stuff where the predator is advanced enough to be able to fight the aliens in ways where it uses science against them. So, like, it has weapons that use a alkaline components to be able to inject the aliens right. to make them fucking hurt because they've got acid, acid blood, blood, which I thought was pretty good. Pretty uh, and then on top of that, I like the idea that it's an aliens movie that's just set in modern day suburban America. Which I mm. think the Aliens 3 should have been that. Mm. The film still isn't great. <laughs> Did I mention I've, I'm drinking off wine? Have you drunk? Like he's, kinda, he's yeah, that. I'm softening up yeah. here, man. Like, if anyone's listened to the show for this far through, I'm wrapping it up now while Tommy's not in the room. Uh, have a happy new year. Uh, I hope everything goes well. Hope 2020 is better than 2019 on the world stage. Well, I, I was, I've seen a couple of news things today and the past couple of days that 2020 is the deadline year that scientists have given climate for us change. to stop climate change. So buckle up, folks, because fuck all going to get done with that. Yeah. Welcome to the end of civilization. So uh, that bit in Mad Max Fury Road where they managed to make it to what would have been the edge of the continent and they call it the salts because the seas have evaporated. We're either in for that or Kevin Costner's alternate effort where it's just water fucking everywhere. All right, you don't talk about Strap the postman. Strap in. <laughs> Strap in, man. It's 2020. Australia's on fire, the koalas are dying, Trump's in charge of America, Brexit's happening, we voted for the Tories again, the world's gone to shit, everything's fucking terrible, people suck, but Death Stranding was alright. And we're going to sit in the roaring 20s whilst all this going on while doing the Charleston. (laughs) I mean, this doesn't play too well in a podcast, but Tommy just did some weird... Kind of shoulder did, elbow did like jig. chicken dance. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I, I can't do the Charleston sitting down, but never mind. Um, Can you do it standing up? I could, but this I is think a radio show. Us. They won't see it. We should finish off with uh, our New Year's, New Year's resolutions. What's the New Year's resolution? Where you decide what you're going to change about yourself or try to achieve in the next year. I will sum that up with the title of a song. By Judas, Hold on. By Judas right, Priest okay. called <laughs> Living After Midnight. As in, <laughs> I will live into 2020 after midnight and that'll be fine with me how does that go can you give us a rendition no I'm not good at that man um, is it on I, t- it's on YouTube Check I'll go with the easy listening version of that song in my bed well before midnight is the dream <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll go with the Iron Maiden version of two minutes to midnight so you're stuck in the past yeah well, no it's the future just now isn't it? what time is it holy shit how is it only quarter to ten it's the future in Tokyo and <clears throat> Korea thing they're already well into 2020 and apparently it's not great Tommy informed us that Jackie Bird abandoned everyone as well earlier that's good well, to be well, fair I mean, <clears> seen <throat> the did, did she of... did she abandon everybody or did she go into her 30 year hibernation well, that I'm she's not, supposed not, to go not into what is she tombs from the X-Files she's eating off livers and now she's going to make a wash <laughs> correct <laughs> I don't know <laughs> correct correct she is that. Uh, she she is that from the X Files. <laughs> and we should also mention Neil was in a car crash and has like some form of uh, damaged uh, rib. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We are currently trying to find uh, suitable <coughs> suitors uh, to do the old uh, brundle fly teleport thing, where hopefully we can repair his ribs and he doesn't need to do much. I'm up for. Was that, that a thing in the fly? I don't remember the fly being used to repair bodily That's damage. Uh, there's a point in the fly where. If Brundle was to teleport Gina Davis and him into the third teleporter, like he thinks that they'll merge together and it'll be fine. But if you watch The Fly 2, the way The Fly 2 ends is Brundle's son, Martin, teleports himself and the, the bad bastard uh, through the teleporter. So he becomes so, normal So again. he becomes normal again, and he, in fact, uh, ruins uh, an elderly... Uh, bastard's life. I want to see an updated version of the fly to where at the point where he enters the password and the password is dad the computer shoots back dad is a too insecure password you need to have at least <laughs> one uppercase one lowercase and one special and a, character and a, and a, and a <laughs> uh, on that note <laughs> Dad was... underscore four twenty six. Have you got like a New Year's <laughs> resolution? Yeah. Is, is there anything you want to achieve in the next year, Neil? Uh, Wait a minute. What was yours, Tommy? I didn't really have one. Just that uh, I'm. I, I made a joke about the song. I didn't really have one. I don't really make resolutions. I just kind of take shit as it comes. Okay. Yeah, I don't really have a resolution. I just like to be in less pain next year. Good luck with that, Neil. <laughs> because wishing, I heard that, like, that for like thirty. Essentially, years, life, <laughs> life is pain, yeah. and it, like the older you get, the worse it gets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like your current pain is something that will go away. Okay, I, I'd like to be in less physical pain. Existential pain is going to be just as a constant. Yeah. Is what that is. Hey. I, as I said earlier on, like I'm hoping to maintain Japanese by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like essentially just not not in a Sean Connery. <coughs> no, like that's what I was gonna go for, man. You ruined it. Is it uh... <laughs> you only live twice? Is that the movie? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm more gonna a, more a cloud I'm, I'm gonna paint myself a bit darker and stick some extra hair on my face and then uh, live next to a volcano. Or if Sean Connery or... can do it and he's also Scottish, I can get away with it. 
He's six foot two. That plan was never going to yeah. work in a village. It, it was never going to work. Um, we're going to leave that now. Uh, that was Raps of the Kitchen for <laughs> 2019. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. I um, think we should uh, we should end the show with us all singing "Old Lang Syne." No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you can uh, stop recording.